Hello and welcome to the most special episode, I would say, of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This is all about Star Wars and this is just me and Tony talking about Star Wars. So get ready for some very passionate conversation, I would say. Um, One thing I forgot to mention, we do go into kind of our love in Star Wars and um, how it kind of plays a role in our relationship. Uh, One thing we forgot to mention was when we were presented as husband and wife, as one does during a wedding ceremony, um, you know, like during uh, the reception there, you know, now for the first time, Mr. and Mrs., you know, in this case, Tony Langley, we walked into the uh, throne room song from a new hope um if you don't know what it is uh google it or itunes or whatever it's the throne room at the end of the new hope it's a very uplifting song and then it goes in kind of into the normal star wars because it's the very end of the movie so it goes into credits um but that's what we were presented as as husband and wife at our wedding um it could have gone farther uh we had R2-D2 cake toppers, which are all me. You're welcome, world, who came. They are very cute. I still have them. They're in like a little trophy case next to a bunch of my Star Wars Legos, which is weird. But, you know, I'm not 40. I'm only in my 20s, so I can still have Legos. Um, And another idea was to have my dad walk me down the aisle in a Darth Vader helmet, which I thought was a little too far. <laughs> But would have been really cool and I kind of wanted it. Anyway, um, so if you don't know already, we're huge Star Wars nerds. And um, you will find out even more so in this episode. And you will find out even more so how passionate I am about Star Wars. And sorry for the cursing, but I get really into it. Um, So I'll leave you at that. Enjoy the episode. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Tony and the Movie Guy, and this is a special episode with my special guest, my wife, Daniela, the producer of the show. Yay. I thought you were going to say with my special guest, and I was going to say Miss Money Danny. (laughs) Miss Money Danny. (laughs) That's a good one. Try to keep with the theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, um, Miss Money Annie isn't with us today, uh, but don't worry, we've got her permission for it, um, because this is a special bonus episode all about Star Wars. And uh, I mean, Yenny loves the Star Wars films, but Danny and I are kind of fans on a whole new level. We're total Star Wars nerds, right? I mean, we got matching Star Wars tattoos for our first anniversary. Yes, we did. So It's a good point. What do we have? Tell the listeners what we have. Well, I have um, I Love You in Star Wars font with Princess Leia's buns. <laughs> like her hair buns, not her butt buns. <laughs> yeah, her and, hair buns. And the Tony. iconic hair buns. 
And Tony has I Know with Han Solo's blaster. That's right. So we have those uh, tattoos for our anniversary, one-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. On our first wedding anniversary. Yeah, so we got those. Um, Obviously, I mean, we own about four or five sets of the original Star Wars trilogy, like different versions. We've got, you know, Force Awakens on Blu-ray, which we've watched probably 15 times. Uh, We watched the Star Wars uh, franchise, especially the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and Force Awakens Mm -hmm. multiple times every year. You know, we we have the prequels and we've watched them. We're not huge fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rogue One, same thing. Um, Anyway, we're going to talk about all the Star Wars movies, uh, discuss and debate them. And then, of course, we are going to do a complete spoiler-filled review of The Last Jedi, which we just saw yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have to vent. And uh, we'll talk about all of them, though. So this is going to be a special, like, Star Wars-centric episode um, with Danny and I because uh, we're just total Star Wars fanboys and fangirls, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just also, fans, you can say fans. Yeah, just fans, I know. You have a problem with that, don't you? <laughs> um, also, I mean, I'm looking at our, uh, our office room right now, and uh, Danny has, uh, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars easily worth of Legos. She's got the Lego BB-8, uh, the TIE Fighter, the X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon. Um, we have you know, we have Star Wars salt and pepper shakers. We've probably about got about what, 25 pairs of Star Wars socks. I've got about 18 t-shirts of Star Wars. So our whole apartment is Star Wars themed. I've got like an Andy Warhol hand solo pop art canvas <laughs> in our room, which is one of my most prized possessions. Um, so yeah, Star Wars uh, is a huge, huge part of our life. Um, so this is going to be a lot of fun talking about it today, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Babe. Okay. Danny's always so serious because she always has her producer hat on. You need to let loose. This is Star Wars. Okay. That <laughs> Your was just, face, sorry. that was awkward silence. Okay. I'm, she's just fucking with me now. Star. <laughs> like, in our kitchen, we have Star Wars this and that. And on our patio, we have Star Wars this. And we, we have a Star Wars Christmas ornament. And we have a. Like, <laughs> Come on, talk about the damn movies. I'm describing our love of Star Wars, which is very strong. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to save The Last Jedi for last. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through all of the Star Wars films in the franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, There's about nine of them, I think. And we're going to do it. And we're going to do Rogue One too, or are these just canon? Yes, no, we are. So we're going to do it in sequential order. Um, but actually, you sequential just, of year release or of like events. Exactly. So we'll actually probably start with Rogue, with one. Rogue one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You brought up a good point. And I want to I want to kind of tell the listeners this so we can kind of you can understand our level of fandom. Um, I think in Star Wars, there's like three levels of fandom. There's the people who just kind of like the movies. You know, um, Yanni, I think, is someone who enjoys the movies, um, but she's not someone who's, like, obsessed with them. Um, Then you've got, like, the second level, which is people who, like, love the Star Wars movies and the franchise, which I think I would put you and I in, maybe a little bit above that. And then the third level is you've got the total, quote, unquote, they're literally known as, like, fanboys Mm -hmm. or fangirls or, as you say, just fans. But these are the people who are obsessed with not just the movies, but the mythology, the books, the comic books, the the TV Mm -hmm. show everything and uh we're not really fans on that level you know which is what i think i think it kind of helps us appreciate and have more fun with these movies Mm because the people who are obsessed with them it kind of it's like almost a religion to them and i think they take it a bit too seriously no uh, it makes it easier to find fault yeah no disrespect to them but it does it makes them find fault with almost anything and make it harder to enjoy 
That said, we are huge Star Wars nerds, 100%. Mm-hmm. We love these films. We love the franchise. Absolutely. So, okay, yeah. So let's go through them. We're going to talk about them, likes, dislikes. Again, it's very important that you put at the beginning of this uh, episode that it's going to be full of spoilers uh, because we will discuss The Last Jedi at the end, okay? I'm aware of what I have to do after we record the episode. Okay. This is a special episode with my wife and I. So enjoy, guys. You'll see what it's like <laughs> living with this woman every day. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Uh, I want to go through this. Um, Rogue One. Um, well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw you under the bus. My wife fell asleep when we watched Rogue One. The first time? Yeah. In the theater, we saw it, I think, opening weekend or just after. You fell asleep. Didn't we see it in that really comfy theater with the recliners, though? Yes, in a really well, okay. comfy theater. That, that's no excuse. That? You buy the tickets. But here's the backdrop you need to understand. Again, Danny loves Star Wars. Yes. So that was shocking to me that she fell asleep. Now, why did you fall asleep? What was your take on Rogue One? I don't know. Like, I wasn't invested as much as the characters. Okay. Like, in the characters, sorry. Um, I feel like they weren't... I mean, I've seen it several times since then. I don't feel like they were really introduced properly. Like the two um, guys who meet up with, uh, what's her name? Not Daisy Ridley. You're talking about uh, Felicity Jones? Yes. She's Jin Urso is the main character. Well, yeah, I do actor names. But um, (laughs) the two guys that meet up with her, like the guy with the, the blind guy and the guy with like the... All right, you're doing a terrible job. I'm going to describe the film a little bit and <laughs> no, then I'll I'm let just you saying, talk like, about they, it. They, I don't feel like they were properly introduced, so I was never invested in them. And then you know what happens at the end of Rogue One. Right. So I didn't fee- I didn't see a point in getting invested in these characters. And it's like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, really? They're all going to get like completely vaporized. Like, uh, Are you right. serious? Come on. Yeah, so, okay, Rogue One um, was the first like side movie like a side plot a star wars story yeah rogue one a star wars story and what rogue one is which is kind of an ingenious idea is it's the it's the uh full story of the opening crawl of star wars a new hope Mm -hmm. of these you know rebel spies Mm -hmm. who got the uh plans plans for the death Death star and delivered them to princess leia and that's where you are at the beginning of the first ever star wars exactly a new a new hope literally starts with Darth Vader raiding her ship and Princess Leia being captured and putting uh, the, plans the plans and the in message R2-D2. in R2-D2. Okay, um, I enjoyed Rogue One. Um, here is the problem with Rogue One for me. Um, number one, it felt like it was just a fill-in. Force mm-hmm. Awakens had already come out. Huge buzz for the main Star Wars saga. They wanted to keep it going, so the next year they released Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, all I was thinking about was the, the next movie from the main you know, episode eight, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you're, you're right. Um, I couldn't get invested in the characters. And it wasn't that they did a bad job. It it was because, as you said, we already knew the story. We, mm-hmm. we knew that they were all going to die because you don't see them anywhere else. Yeah, like their characters are never mentioned right. ever before. So, you know, if these were these like elite, you know, team of spies that went in and they like essentially changed the course of... of you know, History. the dark side yeah. against the light side type of a thing. And they're never mentioned right. ever. Right. It's like, yeah. it seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Well, the first half of the movie as well as just setting up all of these different characters mm-hmm. and you couldn't get inv- invested in them. Yeah. So you had, and I made some notes here. You had Felicity Jones as Jin So she didn't do a bad job. She was fine. You just couldn't get invested in her. Diego Luna, who I know you love, was Cassian. 
Um, Donnie Yen was Chirrut, the blind warrior who believes in the Force and the ways of the Jedi. He was cool. I, I really, really liked, liked his him. character. Yeah, and then Alan Tudak as K2SO, I loved. loved he it. was one of the highlights of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the Darth Vader scene is, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. is probably the single best Darth Vader scene I have ever seen, where he just goes batshit crazy and opens a can of whoop ass in the ship against the what is it the rebel fighters um and then that kind of segues to a new hope that's literally the the opening scene where you see darth vader but i mean it's such a brutal visceral scene of him just showing his pure power and rage as he just decimates like 25 of those rebel fighters um i i love that scene alone elevates rogue one to a, a a good movie um for me i i found that scene for darth vader the, the hallway sequence you're looking no i just confused. i had a separate thought sorry okay but that scene was incredible you've got to admit right it was very cool that gives me goosebumps every time i see it but i will agree with you that it just dragged on and mm-hmm. the, the first hour of that film I, I just can't get invested in the third act i thought was actually fantastic it has an epic battle Mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, the Darth Vader scene and stuff, I, I really enjoyed that. And then uh, another thing that really bugged me, which I thought was just, they, they went too far on, was the CGI on Princess Leia, right, the last scene, where, you know, this gives us hope. That's what she says when they deliver the plans to her finally for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. It didn't work for me. No. Uh, I thought that was just cheesy. None and of then, the CGI worked for me. Yeah, either. and then it was a real bold choice to have Grand Moth Tarkin in the film a lot, um, mm. which is Peter Cushing, who is in A New Hope, and he died in real life. Mm-hmm. And they used CGI, and it was actually quite good CGI. I was just surprised how much they used it. It was a bit too much. I feel like they can do so much with practical effects that they could have, if they wanted to have him in the movie that much, they could have put someone in makeup. I mean, you can make someone, you can make anybody look like anybody with Yeah, and you can put someone makeup. in shadow and silhouette. You can do exactly. different things. Like, yeah. Use it, like, not, don't put them center screen you know blow up on his face and it's just cgi same thing with the princess leia thing like you know you could have shot that just from the back of her head exactly and it would have been it would have had more impact exactly yeah i agree exactly instead of like looking at it had her face on i think her face comes out of the shadow or something and you see her you see a full center and then you're like and it looks cgi that's the problem and then your attention's like ooh, yeah they went that way all right yeah so i mean rogue one to me is an enjoyable movie um, it's pretty slow. It's hard to get invested. Mm-hmm. The third act is phenomenal, and it has the single best Darth Vader sequence you will ever see. Yeah, that, those are the highlights of. It has uh, of fun it. parts, yes. but not enough. Like there aren't consistent enough. Like it's K two S O is funny at these times, and that's that one good scene. But as a whole, I'm like, eh, I can pass. I still okay. love it. I'll still watch it. I, right. I mean, I own it. Right, seen we've seen it more it a than few one times. times. Yeah, exactly. And with any, that's the thing. No matter how critical we're going to get here, we'll, we'll watch even the the films that we can't stand in the prequels, which we'll get to. Even those we'll watch over and over again. That's the thing about being a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just had that thought though. Like we started with Rogue One. Weren't we going to start from the beginning, which would be Episode One? Well, no. Rogue One goes first, and then no, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> you have to start with Baby Anakin. Oh, so did I just screw it up? Have you ever seen the pod race? Yeah. Okay, well, okay, so thank you, Daniela, the producer again. So I did screw it up. So it should have gone the prequels, Rogue One, and then Star Wars. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, you know what? Screw it. We're already like 10 minutes into this, so let's keep going. <laughs> we discussed Rogue One, but you're right. So what we're going to do is I do want to do it in sequence. So we'll talk about the prequels next, and then we'll just mention Rogue One, and then yeah. we'll go from there. Um, but I think we finished talking about Rogue I'm, One. I'm, overall, I was done talking about it. Yeah, overall, look, I enjoy that film, but yeah, it, it's not wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, There's a lot of love for Rogue One, a lot of love. It was a huge success, so, you know, good for them. Um, Okay, good. So let's talk about the prequels. um, And we'll start with episode one, The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. So um, did you see that in the theater or not? Were you too I never saw any Star Wars movie in a theater. I didn't start watching Star Wars. I'm 25 now. I probably saw it for the first time when I was like 16 or 17. Okay. So I never had the luxury of getting to see the original... I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see the original trilogy, um, episode four, five, and six in the theaters. Mm -hmm. I watched them on home video on VHS. The first one I actually saw in the theater was A Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. And uh, it came out in like 1999, 2000. I remember how palpable the excitement was because it had been so long since a Star Wars movie um, had come out. And mm-hmm. George Lucas wrote and I think directed all of them. It was like his baby. And the, I mean, the excitement, the ad campaign for Phantom Menace, uh, you know, all I remember is this picture of uh, the kid, Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin. Um, and then his silhouette was Darth Vader. And it gave me goosebumps. It looked mm-hmm. so exciting. And I dragged my whole family out to see Phantom Menace. And I enjoyed it. I did. But then it was kind of completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Phantom Menace is, look, I know the prequels, they get bashed on. They do. They get shat on a lot. Um, Phantom Menace, to me, is just a fun film. It's not a great Star Wars film. Um, maybe it didn't live up to the hype, but it's it's a fun film. I can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. What's your take on Phantom Menace? I'll be totally honest with you. The prequels kind of all melt together for me like they're just though yeah those three movies the prequels they're all one memory you know what's funny to me you're a younger generation most of the younger generation um you know in their 20s early 30s actually like the prequels it's funny that you don't i don't mind them okay i don't mind them at all but i have the memory of a goldfish and so it's like i know what happens in them but i haven't seen them enough to like really distinguish one from another Okay. Well, I mean, we're not going to break down the whole plot of all these movies, but Phantom Menace is Jake Lloyd is a little, he's the actor. That poor kid just basically didn't do anything else afterwards. Have you ever seen a pod race? (laughs) So um, he's young Anakin Skywalker Mm -hmm. and Liam Neeson plays Qui-Gon Jinn Mm -hmm. and his apprentice is uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mm -hmm. um, Ewan McGregor. And they discover this kid and his metachlorian count or something is off the charts. So he's got like Jedi sperm cells or something. It's not really explained. It's kind of weird, but he's basically powerful. Um, and it's them kind of taking him on. And, you know, Natalie Portman is Queen Padme. Um, and yeah, I actually don't remember the rest of that story. But here's what I do remember. And then, you know, the prequels are really, they get into politics, you know, so you had Palpatine, which was uh, Ian McDermott, who's this political guy. Um, but anyway, in the, in the first film, Phantas, Phantom Menace, number one, George Lucas just went wee on CGI. And I kind of understand it. It, it was, was like, a look what we can do now. Yeah, look at what I can do. And but it was way too much. He really did it. it. It was ridiculous. So, I mean, Phantom Menace, you know, notoriously has like Jar Jar Binks, which it's funny. A lot of kids and a lot of younger people don't mind him. 
I couldn't stand him. Jar Jar Binks is like really disgraced Star Wars. Misa no mind um, Jar Jar Binks. Okay, exactly. See, um, and then the He's flying uh, weird thing, creature thing that um, you know basically keeps Jake Lloyd as a, his slave. Um, you Are know, you thinking of a never-ending story? No, 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 no. I think I might have even written it down here. <laughs> I don't um, remember what it's called. Let's see. Um, Falcor. Yeah, no, Falcor is awesome. No, there's like this flying, like weird character in Phantom Menace. Um, I, I don't remember. But anyway, and he's the one who kind of has Jake Lloyd's character, Anakin Skywalker, under his wing. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, Phantom Menace, yeah, it had kind of glorious... CGI, again, in Phantom Menace, it didn't bother me so much. It's really in the second one where the CGI really bothered me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ewan McGregor's decent as Obi-Wan. Liam Neeson was good as Qui-Gon Jinn. And um, Ray Park plays uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul, as a villain, was badass. I liked him. I really did. You know, he had the double lightsaber thing. It was so cool. And there are some pretty cool battle sequences. Um, it's a pity that his character got wasted, you know? And um, so I remember him. I liked him a lot. I liked the whole battle with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Spoiler, he kills Qui-Gon Jinn and then Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, straight up, like, cuts him in half. Um, I remember that. I thought that was cool. And then I remember the pod race. The pod race is pretty cool. Um, it was, that was quite exciting. Did you mm -hmm. like the pod race? Yeah. So okay, I, I don't mind young Anakin. I think he's kind of cute. But I don't <laughs> like Darth Maul as a villain. Like, I, all I look at is like, you look like a triceratops and a clown had a baby. And... That sounds scary. No, it doesn't. It's like you're <laughs> like, face paint, really? Come on. I liked him. You know, he's very popular, especially in canon, like with all the real hardcore uh, fans. But um, I think he looks stupid. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, so Phantom Menace to me is just kind of decent and enjoyable. It was very kind of childish. Um, obviously, it was a huge sensation when it came out. It made like a billion dollars um, and it got decent reviews when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, and then he followed up, I think, a couple years later with uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Really quick before you go into Attack of the Clones. Okay. Did you ever go find that video of someone um, dubbing in young Anakin's voice over like shots of Darth Vader? So it's oh, I've seen it. So it's Darth Vader talking, like in Episode Four or whatever, talking to somebody. But it's young Anakin's yeah. voice. Like, have you ever seen a pod race? Like, <laughs> you have to describe it for the listeners. It's so funny, I can't even think. It's like a bunch of scenes <laughs> with young Anakin, vo young Anakin's voice, and um, Darth Vader. And it's the actual scene from like Episode Four or whatever, and the characters are all talking their normal dialogue and just over where Darth Vader's voice would be, it's just splices of young Anakin. It's it's so funny. I don't know what it's called. Do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. it's, this, it's of the same elk, though. Like, I yeah, mean, it's really funny. It. I mean, there's so... We're going to kind of digress here. There's so many hilarious things about star wars i mean all the dubbing you know uh bad lip syncing things you know the, oh, yeah. the seagulls the seagulls song i mean there's so many just youtube like bad lip reading and different things on star wars or, or the you can just the seagull song or then like young anakin darth vader um I think is how you can find the other one, but I, or the, I, mm. the bad dad jokes mm -hmm. about Star Wars. I mean, those are hilarious. So you can Google all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but anyway, can we be but, done with all the prequels now? Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, well, look, let's go through them. So we finished Phantom Menace. You're teasing me. I need to get to Last Jedi right now. It's okay. We will. Uh -huh. um, so the next one would be Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Um, 
to me, that's the worst Star Wars film made, in my opinion. That's the one I really don't like. Like Phantom Menace, I can still enjoy overall. Um, Attack of the Clones to me is almost like eye rolling, like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Uh, This is where number one, I think the, he just, George Lucas just went nuts with the CGI. It's so ludicrous. And even though I've seen this one probably three or four times, I literally don't remember much of it. I think this is where General Grievous comes in, the big robot guy with like six arms, which is so cheesy. Um, I, I just, I don't. And then this is Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, who, look, he's not a bad actor in real life. He's <laughs> done some other films I like, Jumper. You know, everyone's defense against him is he's amazing in Shattered Glass. And he is. There are actually a few other movies other than Shattered Glass that Hayden Christensen has done that he likes, um, that he's good in, sorry. But um, he's just so wooden as Anakin Skywalker. He really is. He's just terrible. Was and- Star Wars his first, like, big movie yeah absolutely absolutely so that kind of explains it yeah and well also his chemistry with natalie portman was just terrible it could have been anything like yeah you know it could have been he's trying to act this way and then being directed to act another way like you know there's a lot of reasons why an actor a good actor can give a bad performance well he's not a great actor that's the thing because um again shattered he's probably better than me (laughs) yeah exactly that's the thing that's why i think people are too harsh on him he can act he's not bad you know uh he's just not great but in this role he he was very wooden Mm -hmm. Uh, again in revenge of the sith i actually don't think he's terrible but especially in attack of the clones and the chemistry with natalie portman's character padme it's god awful there are some i mean some of the most cheesiest lines that literally made my skin crawl it was terrible and as i said that the cgi was terrible general grievous was such an awful character in my opinion um and you know the whole like clone wars thing and stuff i just didn't think it should have been like really exciting and i didn't think it was uh you did have count dooku which was christopher lee which was kind of cool and so the one thing i remember about attack of the clones that i did enjoy is there's this battle with count dooku um obi-wan kenobi and uh um anakin skywalker and then yoda comes in and opens a can of whip ass on count dooku and that scene was cool um but even then the cgi kind of doesn't hold up very well but yeah i don't know attack of the clones is so forgettable to me you know but this is the one where also uh anakin starts to kind of turn to the dark side um he goes back to his home planet he finds his mother is being captured and tortured by the sand people um cut a long story short she dies and he goes crazy and he like murders and kills the entire village of sand people Mm -hmm. so he's all now he's getting filled with hate um and the jedi council don't want to train him they think he's too powerful anyway you start to see the kind of the turn of him Mm -hmm. um but attack of the clones to me i know you want me to just move on from that right (laughs) last jedi so you're not a fan of okay we're still on the prequels so you're not a fan of attack of the clones out of all they all meld together for me okay okay you said that before yeah like i really can't tell one from the other they're just like here are the prequels it's one nine long or you know nine hour long story and okay. I, I couldn't tell you which is in which movie so i won't defend the prequels as a whole but revenge of the sith is a film that's the last of the prequels episode three revenge of the sith i enjoy that film i don't think it deserves to be bunched in and piled in with the with the other prequels yeah but i really don't mind any of them like okay that much. okay well revenge of the sith i actually like that film it's definitely the best of the prequels mm-hmm. um and i like that film better than rogue one um again anakin skywalker is 
uh, you know, you have to kind of get past his acting because he's just not good in this chemistry. Can I have a couple of cocktails and then watch it? And you'll be like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, but well, Revenge of the Sith, I mean, I think it's, uh, Ewan McGregor is fantastic as Obi-Wan, especially in Revenge of the Sith. He's really come into his own. That's mm-hmm. why I'd love to see a, a you know, a, a Ben Kenobi film. Um, uh, didn't they confirm o- that they're doing that? Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm not sure. I but I would love to, and I'd love to see it with Ewan McGregor because actually it's the perfect time. I don't feel like they time. can do it without him. I think it's the perfect timing for him to be cast. Because what, um, he was like in his early 30s when they did the Star Wars ones? Yeah, something like that. But he, now just, he looks great. Yeah. He looks great for the part. One does um, <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Revenge of the Sith, I really enjoy. It's got some glorious and epic space battles. I remember that very clearly. And the, uh, you know, especially the second half of Revenge of the Sith, I think is fantastic. Where, you know, um, so Ian McDonald is really good as Palpatine and then you find out he's actually Darth Sidious he's the emperor mm-hmm. and then he uh you know basically turns Anakin and he names him Darth Vader and it's got that incredible uh battle sequence with uh, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi which mm-hmm. I, I thought was incredible I mean again it's a bit cheesy where he's like I have the higher ground Anakin you know I've won you know <laughs> and then Anakin jumps and then Obi-Wan Kenobi like dices him and chops him into three pieces and then he gets burnt in the volcano or the lava sorry anyway then Palpatine comes and you know basically takes Anakin away and the scene where he transforms into Darth Vader mm-hmm. with the mask going on and then the Danny's looking at me and rolling her eyes. Um, That scene gives me chills every time. I love it. Um, And then there's the whole scene where, um, you know, basically they turn against all the Jedi and wipe the Jedi out. And then you think they're almost about to take out Yoda and he's with all the Wookiees. Uh, I thought that whole sequence was great. Yoda's awesome. And it really sets up the original trilogy because it shows how Anakin became Darth, Mm -hmm. why um, Obi-Wan Kenobi became a a hermit, why Yoda went into exile, you know, the the rise of the, the, you know, the, what is it? The, it's not the first order. That's the empire, the empire, the rise of the empire, you know, how the emperor came to be. And then of course, um, again, it, it doesn't explain it very well. Padme just kind of dies because she quote unquote lost the will to live or something. She dies during childbirth mm-hmm. and they have twins, um, her and Anakin, um, which is a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. Luke and Leia. And it shows how Luke goes off, you know, in what Tatooine uh, to a, just a you know, farm herder family. And then uh, Leia is with like royalty as a baby. They adopt her. So it, it kind of sets up how the original trilogy came about really well. Um, anyway, I know you just want me to stop talking. I'm just trying to, plug revenge of the sith because i actually think that film uh is really quite good in its own especially the second half mm-hmm. do you want to say something no i don't i don't want to say anything about um about the prequels anymore i you're done ha- i don't hate them i think they're watchable i do watch them but i haven't seen them as nearly as many times as i had the right original. i've seen them three or four times but I think you're I've right maybe seen them twice yeah I, but i've seen revenge of the sith probably about five or six times but okay good oh and then also sam jackson samuel jackson who i love his character is mace windu i never was a big fan of um but again okay good so we're done with the prequels last jedi, all right last jedi, last no we're jedi. done with the prequels so now in sequential order it would then be rogue one okay that happened we talked about it Move we on. talked about rogue one okay so you've got episode one two three 
which is Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, which basically is a full-length movie just telling the story about how Leia got the plans for the Death Star. And then we've got Episode 4, Star Wars, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Now, this film came out in 1977, which was was the year I was born. Hmm. That's when it came out. And uh, it was written and directed by George Lucas. Uh, what's hilarious about this, uh, which you probably know, is so many people, like companies, producers, uh, thought this was just like that wacky, zany Star Wars film. He had a really hard time getting mm-hmm. it made. You know that, right? Yeah. You know, he cast Han Solo, Harrison Ford. <laughs> he was a carpenter on set, mm-hmm. you know, and he got the role. Um, and the rest were basically unknown. I think Sir Alec Guinness... Um, who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, was the only really kind of well-known established Mm -hmm. character. Um, Star Wars, when it got released, it became an instant sensation. It made like a billion dollars nearly back then Mm -hmm. for inflation. Who knows what that is? And it just, it became a worldwide sensation, not just a film. I mean, uh, you know, the lines going round the blocks Mm -hmm. and people going back to see it multiple times, but the whole franchise, you know, the the comics, the... uh, you know, the the toys, everything. They did a novelization of the movie afterwards. It, it was huge. I mean, again, I, I'm an old bloke. I'm not old, but I'm 40. Um, and I remember having the, you know, in, in in England, we call it an attack walker, the AT-AT, like I guess an attack. I, but anyway, I remember having that. I remember having the one of the first Millennium Falcon models. I always punch myself because I had a huge Star Wars collection of toys when I was a kid. And didn't keep any if of them. If I had kept that, man, it would have been worth so much. It's okay. I'll hold on to my legs. So much. Yeah, exactly. We've got to do that. pay for our kids' college tuition. Okay, so Star Wars <laughs> A New Hope. I mean, we love, right? Mm-hmm. We love that movie. Um, I want to let you say something. Talk about Star Wars A New Hope a bit. And then I'll kind of give my opinion on it. Um, I don't know. Like it was the first movie that I ever. When did you watch it? Probably when I was like sixteen or seventeen, maybe. <laughs> so funny! I you remember... didn't even watch it as a kid. No, my, I mean, like we—I think we owned them, but we weren't. I don't know. Like my parents weren't like big Star Wars people. My mom was a Trekkie. Oh, that's right. Your mum and sister are huge Star Trek fans. Yeah. So I by like, the way, I like both. <laughs> I'd watch like you know Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, God, what was that series called? I forget. Generations? The one with Patrick Stewart? I don't remember. Deep Space Nine? All right, well, we're on Star Wars right (laughs) now. Anyway, but I've watched those with her. She wasn't a big Star Wars fan, and she's still not really. Like, she'll watch the movies, but she's not like, oh, my kids have to watch Star Wars because it's like, you know, the greatest movie ever. So I, I kind of just put it on myself when I got older. So no one really introduced it to you? No. Oh, wow. I just had the movies, and I was like, huh. I'm bored. I have a DVD player in my room. Here we go. Yeah. So I grew up with uh, in my, I guess my parents, my my dad especially must have really liked it because I remember we had the VHSs. So mm-hmm. I would watch that originally original trilogy over and over. And again, as I said, the first one I actually saw in a theater was Phantom Menace mm-hmm. um, in the theater, which as a movie and experience in the cinema was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Star Wars New Hope, I mean, it's an instant classic. Uh, now it's, you know, a classic film, of course. Um, it, it just introduced, I mean, Princess Leia, 
Yeah. Um, you know, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, R2-D2 Darth is Vader. like my favorite thing in the entire world, Yeah, you love R2-D2. Love R2-D2. Yeah, she does. Tony's uh, like, do you need more R2-D2 stuff? And I'm like, yes. Yes. I have a kitchen timer. I have measuring cups. Like, I have R2-D2. All R2-D2, yeah. But you, <sighs> I think BB-8 gave R2-D2 a run for his money. No, I look better in blue, so I like R2-D2. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you have a lot of BB-8 stuff, too. <laughs> oh, I have a BB-8 Lego. I don't have any. No, that's <laughs> and it. And a t-shirt. Uh, oh, and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. but. I mean, half of my t-shirts are Star Wars t-shirts. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, R2-D2 is OG. He's a, a, a original. Yeah. Too um, legit to quit. Yeah. So, uh, look, I I mean, I love... Uh, so, A New Hope is the 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 uh, Skywalker kind of trilogy, the story of mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, grown-up, Princess Leia, who's now, like, the princess... Uh, Alderaan. Uh, yeah, of Alderaan. And she's, like, you know, with the Rebellion... Uh, against the empire and then you've got um the emperor and darth vader who's the big bad mm-hmm. um and then um you know obviously the iconic line help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope um which princess leia puts inside r2d2 mm-hmm. and then luke skywalker discovers that message she says find obi-wan kenobi so luke skywalker does uh and then it goes off on a epic adventure where mm-hmm. you know he gets you know trained as a jedi and um you, you left know, out 3PO, by he the way. He saves... No, I said C-3PO oh, and R2-D2. They're kind of a combo deal. Uh, although everyone loves R2-D2. Um, but anyway, they go and save uh, Princess Leia. And, and it goes from there. And then, you know, you've got the Death Star and <laughs> the big controversial... That's the thing. See, even Star Wars, you could pick it apart a bit. But it's such a, no, a wonderfully entertaining movie. Well, look, the fact that there's one little hole in the Death Star that you can shoot a ray in and it will destroy the entire death star yeah, it's kind of you cheesy. wouldn't know unless you'd stole the plans like right. if they didn't steal the plans then... they wouldn't know that there's yeah, a it... defect yeah. yeah well anyway i mean and rogue one don't they explain why there's a defect there yeah because the father did it intentionally yeah he built because he was anomaly like, intentionally he was like essentially kidnapped they killed yeah, his he wife and evil. forced exactly to, he wasn't evil to build this thing for them exactly yeah so i guess that somewhat makes sense um but anyway i mean may the force be with you um these are not the droids you're looking for Mm -hmm. so many iconic lines um one thing i remember about star wars and new hope like when i watched it as a young child Mm -hmm. like on home video again was it's quite especially a new hope it's quite violent you know when uh, luke comes back to his uncle and aunts they're like charred to pieces like yeah. skeletal burnt crisp remains i was like jesus fucking christ people weren't as sensitive back then yeah and then um when they're in the cantina um i think it's just moss Eisley, and they're in the cantina and that guy is like you know i don't like you to luke skywalker and he's like my friend doesn't like you i don't like you either and then obi-wan kenobi uh intervenes and he chops the guy's arm off you know like i remember as a kid that shit scarred me a bit but anyway i guess it didn't bother you at all huh no it didn't i mean (laughs) people are too sensitive nowadays yeah oh and then of course okay i mean alec guinness as uh obi-wan kenobi was fantastic um it's like perfection yeah the the uh, millennium falcon i mean that alone the the spaceship has just become so iconic Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I mean, and then James Earl Jones's booming voice as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke, I am your father. Do you know how conflicting that is for me? What? I said, do you know how conflicting that is for me? How conflicting is it, Daniela? Stop it. Because <laughs> he's... <laughs> She's not impressed. What? 
Because he's in Lion King and he's like, oh my God, we love oh, him. Oh, he's Mufasa, right? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he's Darth Vader and you're like, I'm supposed to hate you, but I love you. Oh no, Darth Vader. And uh, I mean, I don't think anyone will disagree. He's one of the most beloved, you know, anti-heroes of villains of all time. He's not an anti-hero. He's a straight-up villain. What he is until the end, which we'll get to. But um, anyway, okay, good. So I think we said enough about A New Hope. It, Last Jedi. Last it create, Jedi. Okay, honey, we're not there yet. This is episode four. And by the way, I mean, the opening crawl, the music score from John Williams. How iconic is that? Um, and that opening crawl, what is it? A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Mm-hmm. Even that's far, so... Far away. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, a long time ago, it's very like, whoa, out there, you know, gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the, the whole opening crawl itself is so iconic, mm-hmm. you know, um, which, again, that's only in the main uh, sequel films, like, you know, episode one through seven and then now eight, which just came out. Mm-hmm. Those are the only ones that have the actual opening crawl. Yeah. Um, the side ones don't, or, or basically just Rogue One. Um, anyway, okay, good. So Star Wars A New Hope, we're done with. So then episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's the best Star Wars film ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, as a kid, I the one I saw the most and one I enjoyed the most was Return of the Jedi, actually. Mm-hmm. I loved that one. Um, but the more I've seen Empire Strikes Back, to me, that one's like almost just a pitch perfect film. Mm-hmm. I can't find any fault in it. I absolutely love the empire strikes back uh it's quite dark but it's so good uh what's your take on it i love it i like i think they're all like so pitch perfect it doesn't even okay but we're talking about empire strikes back right now i know it's perfect <laughs> the whole movie yeah i have no problems with it See, i have I, no problems with i'm trying any to of engage the... in like an intelligent back and forth conversation <laughs> i'm not no you can't dissect star wars star wars is perfect and you don't have to dissect it no. what do you love about it oh i like I don't want to do all the talking. Yeah, it's your, you're you're Tony the movie guy. I know, but I like to go back and forth. I just like... Uh... What, what's your favorite thing about Empire Strikes Back? This is supposed to be fun. I know, but it's hard to pick. Okay, so I'll just keep going. I mean, it, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is considered not only the best Star Wars film by most critics, it's actually considered one of the greatest films ever made. Like, I don't know I think, if it's my favorite. Yeah, oh, it's mine for sure. Don't worry, at the end, I'll have us kind of rank it because um, that would be interesting to do. But uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, I think, I really think it's pitch perfect. Um, number one, I mean, op- the opening is right on uh, the ice planet Hoth. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got that you know, that, that big scary monster thing where, again, it, like, cuts it, o- it open. Uh, Han Solo, when he's saving Luke Skywalker, he cuts it open. It, and it looks like, basically, slugs and maggots come out. I always remember that as a kid scaring it's me. It's an when animal. He, I know, and he, I guess it says entrails because he puts yeah, it's uh, like Luke and stuff. Skywalker in there to, like, keep him warm. I don't know. Just I remember that scene as a kid haunted me because it looks so gross. Um, but that whole opening scene and the, the battle on Hop with the uh, AT-ATs or whatever you call them, attack walkers is what we call it in England, mm-hmm. um, I thought was incredible. That was really cool. Um, I don't know. There's so much in Empire Strikes Back I love. And then, I do love those AT-AT walkers. Yeah, that, that's incredible. And that whole sequence was incredible. And then, um, you know, Luke Skywalker basically goes to the Dagobah system mm-hmm. to get trained by Yoda. Because uh, the force ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi tells him he needs to mm-hmm. go find, seek out Yoda 
and get trained as a Jedi. A Dagobah system. <laughs> so then he goes to the Dagobah system and he meets uh, Yoda, the little green puppet, who at first is like, <laughs> he's like stealing his food. There we go. That's probably my favorite part of that movie is Yoda yeah. being such a smart ass. Yeah. And then when he realizes he actually is Yoda, Yoda's like, I cannot train him. And he's like, you know, do or do not. There is no try. I can't do Yoda at all. Not Can at you? all. No. Can you? No. Are you not even going to attempt it? No. Okay. Well, I don't know Yoda. <laughs> um, but I literally, I mean, do or do not. There is no try. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's literally posted in my office on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I read it like every single day. Um, I mean, Yoda is badass. And he shows, it doesn't matter how small you are. Um, I mean, you can be all powerful. I think he's like 800 years old or something. So yeah, I mean, in, in Empire Strikes Back, Luke is off with Yoda and the Dagobah system training as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then um, Empire Strikes Back is the introduction of uh, Landel Carissian, mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams, who is a great kind of character, you know, not a main character, but a, a great addition, I think. I mm-hmm. loved him. I thought it was awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a friend of uh, Han and he meets him and what, like, cloud city or something cloud city is where he is currently right that's where lando is um and uh, but then you find out that basically lando double crosses han solo because darth vader is already there and he made a deal with him before he arrived so they capture um princess leia chewie and don't really think he had much of a choice though right he didn't but still he did double cross him um oh baba fett is also in uh empire strikes mm-hmm. back baba fett is such an interesting character because i you know he's one of the most popular characters that in the main films really doesn't do much at all Mm-mm. you know he's just so cool to look at because i remember as a kid i loved baba fett but i didn't even really know why number one he was a bad guy number two I mean, he's in empire strikes back a bit and then, and then he's in return of the jedi and then he gets killed um i forgot to mention this in the prequels i thought they ruined that because they have jenga fett oh yeah um, which is like the father or something Boba fett is basically like a clone of jenga fett um and i thought he was very forgettable the the character the way he was portrayed um so Boba fett i know is one of the most popular ones people want a standalone film on and it would be interesting to see how they do it well look here's the thing i don't think you can do a whole movie out of that well that's the thing i'm a bounty hunter but you could create a whole story because the idea of that character i think is what everyone loves the way he looks and his kind of you know just how kind of cool he is but we don't really know anything about him it's just very interesting not to go on a tangent well how about do you think they'll that he'll make an appearance in the han solo movie maybe Maybe. Because they know. were familiar with each other before episode five. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was familiar, but that's a good point. It seemed like it was. Yeah, because he, he went, I think he was looking for and trying to bring him to Jabba the Hutt, right? Mm-hmm. Capture him for yeah, Jabba the Hutt. the bounty Hutt. hunter. Yeah, so, okay, good. So you're right. So maybe they will. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I just find his character so interesting because he doesn't do a lot, but he's just so cool. <laughs> the idea of him was cool. Probably because he's a jetpack. That's yeah. why you like him. Yeah, so, I mean, now I think about different scenes. Is that Empire Strikes Back, part of why I love it so much, there are so many memorable scenes. That should be my next Halloween costume. Which one? Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Yeah. <laughs> I wish you would pick Princess Leia. Slave Princess Leia? That wouldn't be very I should be so lucky. <laughs> I mean, her, her last outfit for Halloween was Kylo Ren. I'm, I'm like, sorry, he's be cool. Ray. And she's like, no, I love Kylo Ren. Anyway, okay, so Empire Strikes Back, the more I think about it, 
The reason why I think it's so beloved is it has so many incredible scenes. So obviously one of the most iconic scenes in Empire Strikes Back is when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. And before that, he says, I love you. I know. You know, uh, she, uh, Princess Leia says, I love you. And he says, I know, mm -hmm. which was completely ad-libbed by Harrison Ford. In the script, it was supposed mm -hmm. to be, I love you. I love you too. And he was like, you know what? I don't think Han Solo would say that. And he's so right. I mean, it became so iconic. Mm -hmm. Um so Empire Strikes Back gets really dark because basically Luke Skywalker uh, leaves the Dagobah system before fully completing his training because he has some kind of premonition that Han Solo and Leia are in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes to, um, is the Death Star being rebuilt again or something? Is that where he goes? I can't remember where he goes. I think the Death Star is being reconstructed after they destroyed it in the first film. Um, but anyway, he goes to confront uh darth vader or something or or something like that i can't remember how he gets there but uh he has the big showdown with with darth vader and then darth vader cuts off his hand and that's the big reveal which if you think about it it's so mind-blowing how incredible that twist was at the time mm -hmm. now people take it for granted when he's like you know did obi-wan kenobi tell you about your father it's like yes he told me you killed my father he says no I am your father. No, no, it can't be true. I love that scene. Oh my God. And he's like, join me, Luke. Together we shall rule the galaxy. And then Luke's like, I'll never join the dark side. And then he basically lets go. And Oh, I, they're on Cloud City. That's where they are. They're on Cloud City. It was a trap. Um, they uh, Darth Vader basically oh, yeah, yeah, lured... Yeah in Luke Skywalker because he went to Cloud City to save Han and Princess Leia. There mm. you go. Um, but anyway, that whole scene is so iconic, so incredible. And Empire Strikes Back, I mean, it ends kind of very dark, you know. Um, you've got Lando and Princess Leia on the Millennium Falcon. They pick up um, Luke Skywalker. They save him. Um, he now is kind of connected through the Force to Darth Vader because he knows he's his father. And Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Mm -hmm. um, so it really is called The Empire Strikes Back for a reason. It's mm -hmm. a much darker one. But the storytelling, the plot, uh, that big, huge reveal uh, is incredible. And that film to me is, again, like I try and look at any kind of flaw or fault and I can't really find one. Can you? No. I think this movie probably flows the best out of all of them. Right. It's just incredible. So Empire Strikes Back. Um, it, it, it's a masterpiece. I mm -hmm. absolutely love that film. Uh, there's so many incredible things about it. Um, you know, and it's also, if you think about it, kind of one of the best sequels ever made, mm -hmm. you know, because it was the sequel to Star Wars A New Hope and it excelled it. It was better, mm -hmm. you know. Um, anyway, I think that film is so incredible. Um, all right, we'll move on. I know this is one you, for some reason, really have been wanting to talk about, which is uh, episode six, uh, Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi. Now, um, as I said, when I was a kid, this was actually my favorite one because it's the one I remember watching over and over again. Oh, yeah. Well, I loved the Ewoks. I loved Wicket. Um, I really loved Luke Skywalker. I really did. Like, you know, because he's kind of whiny in A New Hope and then he's coming into his own and Empire Strikes Back. He was a kid in A New Hope. I know. Um, but what's that whiny thing he does in the beginning of A New Hope that a lot of people make fun of? Oh, where he's talking to his uncle or aunt about like... But Auntie Blah, I had to go blah, blah, blah. I can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah, like he has like some 
race or something. Yeah, it's just really funny. A lot of people make fun of that. But you're right. He really comes into his own. And um, by Return of the Jedi, I mean, the first 45 minutes of Return of the Jedi is basically him saving Han Solo from Mm -hmm. Jabba the Hutt um, back on Tatooine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I mean, now Luke is full on Jedi. Mm -hmm. He's dressed in dark black and he's got a robot hand with a glove and he's like, badass Mm -hmm. you know and then you've got princess leia and that iconic totally sexist dress you know it's really sexy yeah metal bikini basically jabba the hutt's incredible um and then you've got uh the whole sarlacc uh pit sequence Mm -hmm. uh where they're all going to be fed to the you know the sarlacc pit (laughs) then what's that scene that gets parodied in family guy oh when they like have a plan and they're all like looking at each other like (laughs) Look at Billy D. Williams, he nods, and then look at Leia, nods, and then look at R2-D2, and he like kind of like tips back and forth to yeah. like signal that he's nodding. Yeah, so they're about to be <laughs> thrown into the Sarlacc pit by Jabba the Hutt, but Luke well, Skywalker... Hannes. Yeah, no, they all are. They're all going to be thrown into the Sarlacc pit because they've all been caught um, because Han Solo was frozen in carbonite, uh, and then Princess Leia dresses up as a bounty hunter, goes in to try and save oh, him, duh. and then she right. unfreezes him, but then they capture her and then um r2d2 and c3po are already there because luke skywalker had sent them ahead as quote unquote a gift mm-hmm. um, and then luke skywalker goes in there and then he gets thrown in that pit and he kills that big monster thing um but then they all get captured and then they get flown out to the silac pit yeah. to be thrown over and then luke skywalker has a plan and that's where they all nod and look at each other and then in return of the jedi it's like you know, four or five shots of each one of them nodding and looking at each other like they're about to do something. Mm-hmm. But Family Guy do, uh, what is it, Blue Blue Harvest. They do a whole spoof, which is almost an exact, like, you know, frame by frame uh, remake as a spoof parody with all the Family Guy characters. Mm-hmm. And they're all looking at each other. They do, it goes that on scene. for about like two minutes. Exactly. About 25 to 30 different shots. It just goes on and then staring at each other anyway it was hilarious um but back to return of the jedi i mean i thought that whole opening the whole scene with uh you know jabba the heart and the silent pit that alone was quite iconic yeah uh, princess leia's costumes you know the little freaky like <laughs> uh, monster next to jabba the heart mm-hmm. you know and the really ugly one with a weird long i can't remember what you called it there were so many fascinating you mean the blue guy with like the weird like kind of like ears yeah yeah looks like a big Ulcer, you know, um, I thought it was pink, but anyway, I mean, oh, you're right. Yes. It had all kinds there are blue of, ones, though. yeah, it had all kinds of fascinating characters. Um, and anyway, I loved that whole sequence. One thing that does bug me, see, again, when I go to Empire Strikes Back, it's it's almost flawless. I can't even see something. One thing that did bug me about Return of the Jedi was Bubba Bubba Fett, kind of just, you know, his jetpack gets like malfunctions and then he falls into the Salak pit and you think he's dead you know so it, you know he, he has like about two minutes of screen time mm-hmm. um so that bugged me a bit because i did like him but but anyway return of the jedi is fantastic um again it's got a bit of a rehash of a new hope where they're what they're building another death star so they have to destroy it again it's completely different than the death star but it's they're just rebuilding a death star no it's a death star too yeah but it's still another is it bigger I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's just another another death And it's stuff. not done yet. So, I mean, they had an easier time destroying it. So Yeah. Anyway, so I think all the rebels, they go to Endor, which is where the the uh, Ewoks are. And Princess Leia meets the little Wicket, which is uh, Warwick Davis plays Wicket. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Ewoks. I did find it a bit 
weird that the orcs could kind of straight up, you know, go against the Empire soldiers and stormtroopers and stuff. And they're little, like, a couple of feet high, you know, teddy bears, basically. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, but anyway, so there's a big battle on Endor with, uh, uh, Endor, sorry, with uh, Han Solo and Princess Leia. And, and then Luke Skywalker goes to the Death Star uh, because he goes back to the Dagobah system. Yoda dies, um, but basically he thinks that he can save his father he thinks they're still good in darth vader and his father so he mm-hmm. turns himself in because he basically wants to uh you know try and turn him back to the the, the light mm-hmm. um but anyway in return of the jedi um you know he then he has that epic battle sequence with darth vader which i thought was pretty incredible um and you know then you basically find out as he defeats darth vader and he cuts darth vader's hand off um palpatine the emperor his plan all along was for Luke Skywalker to kill Darth Vader and then take his place as his new apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, but he refuses. Luke Skywalker refuses. So then the Emperor starts to electrocute him and basically fry him. Um, and again, this is one of the most historical moments of Star Wars. I think the whole sequence is incredible. Darth Vader, you know, keeps looking at Luke Skywalker and he's like, help me, Father, please help me. You know, and the Emperor's like, ah, you know, frying him. Um, and then Darth Vader saves his life. He grabs the Emperor and, you know, throws him over. Um, so one thing that I didn't get is, so what, basically by him picking up the Emperor and throwing him over and being fried, that essentially killed Darth Vader? Because then Darth Vader dies. Or did he die because he took his helmet off? His apparatus? Yeah, I because that's what I didn't totally get. Like, Darth Vader saves Luke heroically, which is awesome, but then... Basically, he dies in his arms. Um, and No, because he says, I want to look at my son. I want to look at you with my eyes for the first time. So then he makes him take off his helmet and then that basically that kills him. Essentially keeping him alive. I guess so. I guess that's what happened. So I never fully understood that, but it was still pretty awesome. And then, um, you know, uh, Luke goes to Endor. He, and that's another thing I don't totally get, which, again, I guess the directors were just like, hopefully people won't remember, but come on, we're Star Wars nerds. Of course we'll remember. He burns his father in his outfit. You see that at the end of Return of the Jedi. But Kylo Ren has Darth Vader's helmet. And yes, it shows it charred a bit, but he straight up burnt him. Unless like one of the Ewoks came and like took the helmet off, like, you know, right after that scene, you know, while he was still on the fire. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you'd expect that the helmet would stand up better than like cloth would. Like I'm I'm assuming it's made out of like a stronger material that it, Right. But what I mean is it shows him burning his father, you know, uh, you know, to kind of honor him. And, you know, but he's he's going up in flames and he's in the suit. So literally someone right after that scene cuts must have come and taken the helmet off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like if like he a had, reconnaissance mission. from No, but if he had been left to to burn, it would have burnt to pieces. You don't think so? No, not necessarily. Like <laughs> some things don't burn. All right, we're spending way too long on the helmet. Like if but, I um... put a penny in a fire, the penny would still be there. It might be a little okay, bit okay. That's a good point. That's a good point, actually. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I love Return of the Jedi. Um, a lot of uh, critics and a lot of fans kind of consider it of the original trilogy the worst and don't like it. I I love it. I the Ewoks don't bother me at all. Yeah, sure, it's got little little flaws. I love the way it ends. And then, of course, you discover that Princess Leia is actually... That's where they find out, um, you know, Yoda tells that them... siblings. Yeah, that they're brother and sister. Um, so, oh, yeah, you have that whole weird romantic love triangle, which 
in retrospect is kind of creepy because Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, like kisses Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but really she has feelings for Han and Han has feelings for her, which is kind of creepy when you find out the brother and sister, but they didn't know that at the time. But then Return of the Jedi, Han Solo's like, oh, you love him, don't you? And then he's like, fine, I'll leave. And she's like, no, he's my brother. And then so they they all live happily ever after. Um, you know, Han is with for Princess Leia. Years, at least. Well, that's the thing. When I think about now the new ones, it's kind of, it really has kind of shat on the, the Skywalker legacy, especially. Um, so I can actually understand why fanboys, or oh, sorry, babe, fans um, don't like that. But we'll talk about that. But anyway, I, I spoke about Return of the Jedi a lot because it's the, the last one mm-hmm. of the original trilogy. Uh, and that came out, I think, in like 1984 or something. Um, and, and I absolutely loved it. And then literally it took 15, 16 years to, to bring Star Wars back in like 2000 when um, Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. But that's, so we've done... Um, episode one through six and we've done rogue one so it would last go, jedi last jedi. so it's um we've spoken about the prequels we've spoken about the original trilogy last jedi and last we've spoken jedi. about and we've spoken about rogue one last jedi okay before we talk about that we so have to close. talk about the force awakens so, close. so i don't know why you keep saying the last jedi i want to talk about okay. it can we show the listeners that we're a civil happy married couple I mean, we can't show them. This is an audio podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. So next is episode seven, The Force Awakens. Star Wars, The Force Awakens. So it had been, what? So The Force Awakens came out in 2015. 15? So that was like, I don't know, 10 years later or something. Because mm-hmm. I think Revenge of the Sith came out in like the mid 2000s, like 2006, six, seven, something like that. It had been like a good 10 years. Um, Disney took over the Star Wars uh, franchise george mm-hmm. lucas sold it for like a godzillion dollars um and people actually weren't that unhappy about that because the prequels got so much flack disney already had rights to a lot of star wars things anyway because they had star like they had uh, star tours in disney parks right exactly and kathleen kennedy took over um basically being responsible for the whole, whole star wars franchise mm-hmm. and, and i love her as a producer she's done most of you know spielberg's best films and george lucas's indiana mm-hmm. jones and jurassic park she was involved in a lot of incredible films so i like that choice and then when it was announced that jj abrams was directing it i think that really that created so much excitement because mm-hmm. He's a great director. He had done um, Mission Impossible 3. He had done Lost, the TV show. And then Mm -hmm. he had just rebooted Star Trek, Mm -hmm. surprisingly very successfully. I loved the first one with, uh, you know, Chris Pine. Um, So the the news that he was going to do The Force Awakens, I think, was really exciting. Uh, It was shrouded in so much secrecy. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Um, And what we knew was that Mark Hamill was coming back as Luke Skywalker, Han Solo was coming back, Harrison Ford, obviously, mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Now, here's a fun fact. Harrison Ford was always in the limelight, but Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher hadn't been in the limelight for like 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they really hadn't. They hadn't done much. They hadn't had much of a career. Carrie but- Fisher didn't do anything afterwards besides like, being kind of side characters. Right, made some TV until spots. Until the mid-90s, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Hamill made a very successful um, uh, voiceover career. Right, he was the Joker in yeah. a lot so of the was, cartoons. Yeah, so he was in the limelight, but you, I mean, you'd have to like know right. the cartoons and things right. like that that he they was doing. They hadn't been around. They hadn't mm-hmm. done a lot of features. So it was really 
great to, I, you know, I remember there were a lot of stories about how they were told they had to get in shape and she had to lose weight and things like that because they really weren't in the limelight. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was, it was so great to see them come back. So The Force Awakens came out um, and with so much hype, so much buzz, so much on its shoulders. And I think you and I would both agree it succeeded on every level, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, I think it exceeded expectations, in my opinion. Danny and I saw The Force Awakens um, five times in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, we stood in line for hours for the first showing. Um, I remember when we came out of the first viewing and we sat down in this Indian restaurant and we were just like speechless. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. We were just like gobsmacked. Um, I, I loved it so much. Do you want to say something? Didn't we go and of... watch it the next day? Oh, yeah, we did. So in about a two-week period, we watched it five times. We watched it when the it theater. came out. We watched it the next day. and then, watched it with your family. And then we watched it Christmas Eve with our friend and his, and his daughter. That's right. And then we watched it Christmas Day with my family. With your family. And then we, and watched, we watched it. watched it with Trevor at the TCL Chinese Theater. Mm -hmm. Then we watched it at the Chinese Theater, and that was the final time. Exactly, on the biggest screen in the world. Um, and loved it every single time. Um, Here's the thing about The Force Awakens. I think here's why I think they did it right and why it was such a success. It's funny. I'm looking at my uh, <laughs> screen of my phone yeah. and it's R2-D2. Uh, what do you call them? Our wedding cake toppers. Yeah, our wedding cake toppers were R2-D2. One with like the top hat and one with the with wedding veil. Wedding veil. <laughs> that's how much of a Star Wars nerd we are. And that's my uh, cut screen photo on my phone. <laughs> but anyway... um. The Force Awakens, here's what I think was done so beautifully about it. It brought you the old, the original, the nostalgia of what Star Wars was with Han Solo. Harrison Ford just knocks it out of the park as Han Solo. Chewbacca, the Millennium Falcon, R2-D2, C-3PO, Princess Leia. It did that so beautifully and so perfectly while also introducing new characters to you you could really care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daisy Ridley as Ray, She was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. I remember it took me several viewings to go, wow, I think she's my favorite thing about this. I'm so invested in her. She, Daisy Ridley, and she had done like nothing. She was a brand new actress. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal as Ray, who's basically the, the, the heroine of the new trilogy. Um, and then Adam Driver, who Danny has a huge crush on. Mm -hmm. um, but he genuinely was really good as Kylo Ren, mm -hmm. who you basically find out is uh, Ben uh, Ben uh, Ben Solo. Mm -hmm. uh, he is uh, Han Solo and Princess Leia's son. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Force Awakens is basically like 30 years in the future. Um, Luke Skywalker is kind of vanished. He's a myth. You don't know where he is. Um, the Empire is gone, but now there's the First Order. From the ashes of the Empire, the First Order. The has First written. Order, yeah. Um, and it says Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been in exile. Um, Princess Leia is no longer Princess Leia. She's like General Leia or Ta or Organa. Ta Organa. Okay. Um, and she's leading these rebels. And you've got, <laughs> what's his name? The other guy you like, uh, Domhnall Gleeson, mm -hmm. you know, um, as General Hux, who he was 
too hammy for me. I mean, he, he literally was being a Hitler, which I guess is what he was going for. He's like this evil general. Um, and then you've got Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, who I thought was fantastic. I mean, his outfit is so badass. His it's like sword, a samurai type outfit. Yeah, his sword was so cool. Lightsaber. Lightsaber sword was so cool. But it looks like a sword. It's got the zzz, the the triple bits, the hilt, whatever you call it. Anyway, um, and then you've got this uh, sinister figure, um, Snoke, Snoke, Supreme Leader, right? Supreme Leader Snoke. Um, so that's the First Order. Um, and then you've got the Resistance there. And then you, the story is basically um, Rey is living on, what's the planet? Jakku. Jakku. And she's been there abandoned on her own. You don't know who her parents are. Um, and she's just like a, sca- uh, a scavenger. Mm-hmm. or something and then um you've got oscar isaac who you also love poe dameron mm-hmm. who's like this dastardly dashing hotshot fighter pilot mm-hmm. uh, for the resistance for the resistance who is uh they're trying to find out where luke skywalker is so they're trying to locate luke exactly That's so the whole he point. gets part of a map or something but then he gets caught and again i look at it it really is similar to a new hope because he puts the information inside bb8 which by the way this is the introduction of BBA and everyone I remember before that was like, God, is this robot going to be really cheesy? The answer was absolutely From not. From the first moment you see him, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you he's fall he's, in love with him. He's the, he's the first shot in that movie. That's right. Is B- BBA. Yeah. BBA is amazing. Um, he's so cool. I mean, he's got the, he's got a lot of comic relief, but he's got the whole scene where he like clicks the, the lighter out like yeah. a thumbs up mm-hmm. with the, you know, Finn. But anyway, so there's a lot of new characters. So you've got BB-8, which is Poe Dameron's uh, robot droid, basically. Um, And, you know, he, uh, Finn, is a Mm stormtrooper. So that whole idea of um, introducing a stormtrooper as one of the main characters, I think, was kind of cool. That's John Boyega. Um, He was, again, another unknown actor. He did Attack the Block, which I love. He's a British actor. Um, But he's basically like a defecting stormtrooper. He Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be part of the herd um and he breaks out with poe dameron he basically saves poe dameron and they both escape um and uh, so it's not a death star it's star killer base it's like a planet basically right um in force awakens which again i, I understand the similarities they weren't even at Starkiller base. <laughs> well where were they there on a ship mm-hmm. okay so here let me let me give no, you the Christmas version of, of force awakens because i've seen it far too many times <laughs> and i bet i could recite it so it opens with um, Poe Dameron is with a friend of the resistance on Jakku getting a piece of a map that would hopefully help them lead to Luke Skywalker that's right um, then the First Order comes and there's a fight type thing there anyway they capture Poe and BB-8 leaves with the map this little droid um, so then they get the information using the force out of Poe that BB-8 has a piece of the map so then they go back to Jakku now, Ray found BB-8, and she has them. The First Order is going back to Jakku. Poe and Finn, the defected... Um, Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper. They go to find BB-8. They end up finding her. She gets in Lenny Falcon. They leave. That's the whole first part <laughs> You're doing of it. good. You're doing good. <sighs> yeah. So, um, again, I mean, you're right. See, it really introduced brand new characters, and I think it does it really well. So, mm-hmm. Ray is essentially the... Um, the main heroine of the new Star Wars trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, At first, she's kind of a no one, but then you kind of discover that she has 
like the force awakens within her. She has like powers she doesn't even understand. Yes. Kylo Ren, has, Adam like, Driver, is um kind of the main kind of bad guy, the new Darth Vader. But then you find out that actually Darth Vader is his grandson because he's Ben Solo. He's the son of Han Solo and Carrie Fisher. Um, basically, Finn and Rey um escape jakku in the millennium falcon now for instance like even just the way it shows their introduction of the millennium falcon i thought was incredible like the force awakens has so many like cheer out loud moments remember mm-hmm. they're like that piece of junk hasn't flown in years and then the, the ship they're trying to get to gets blown up mm-hmm. so then she's like the piece of junk will do and then the camera pans millennium falcon it's the first time you see it and you're mm-hmm. like yeah you know so it does it so well introducing the new and the old um but then they're on the millennium falcon and then um, Han Solo, who's been finding, you know, looking for the Millennium Falcon for so long, he basically brings it into his bigger ship, like, I guess, with, like, force. Tractor beam. You know, tractor beam, whatever. Um, and then it's got the iconic scene where he enters Millennium Falcon with Chewie, and he's like, Chewie, we're home. Um, but then, so he pairs up with um, Ray and Finn. They tell him about Luke Skywalker. Um, and then the kind of the movie goes from there. So the whole film is really about them um, discovering Luke, which at the end they do. It's got that iconic scene uh, where the Force Awaken ends, which I absolutely love, where she finally finds him on this remote, distant island. Um, and she hands Luke Skywalker his lightsaber. She offers it to him. Offers it to him. And he looks all like conflicted and he doesn't, Mark Hamill doesn't utter a word Mm -hmm. in The Force Awakens. He's in the last minute of it, but he he looks all like Obi-Wan Kenobi-like. I mean, it it was really badass. Um, It was incredible. And then of course, I kind of skipped it, but we have to talk about it. Um, The the most controversial scene in Force Awakens is uh, Han Solo's death. Mm -hmm. So um, do you want to talk about that? Or since you love Kylo Ren so much? So pretty much they're on Starkiller base trying to destroy it. And Han and Leia had talked like, you know, if you see our son, bring him home. Right. So Han has his own secret mission. Like, I'm going to try to find Ben and bring him home. He wants to kind of convert him, basically. Mm-hmm. And so um, finds him and they're they're speaking to each other and. Kylo Ren saying like I don't it's know. It's so dramatic. It's on this like huge bridge, which has it's like on the Star- no railings. <laughs> No bridge in Star Wars has railings. I don't know where you get this idea that this is like a weird bridge. They're all the same. It's all like that. It's all like no safety at all. Um, So anyway, they're talking on on this bridge and Kylo Ren saying, you know, I I don't know what I can do. I think I need your help, you know. And Han Solo says. I know what I have to do, but I don't think I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? And Han Solo says yes. and then Like an idiot. (laughs) And Kylo Ren turns on his lightsaber and goes straight through Han Solo. (sighs) And then he falls off the bridge. Now, here's the thing. Um, number one, this is one of the best performances of Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Like he is so good in The Force Awakens. I really think he's fantastic. Now, for fans of Star Wars, they probably know that Harrison Ford always wanted to kill off Han Solo. He just did. He he thought because he was such a scoundrel that he should die heroically in Return of the Jedi. But because he, I don't know if you know this, but because he was so beloved, George Lucas, the producers, no one wanted to do that. Um, so Harrison Ford always had a problem with that. So when they brought him back for Force Awakens, it was rumored that it was in his contract that mm-hmm. he would die. So it was rumored that the character was going to die, but no one knew it. Um, it's done very well. It's very heartbreaking and it's 
I mean, kind of horrible if you think about it. He gets killed by his own son, but he does kind of help, quote unquote, save the day because they're able to set up the de detonators that enable the, you know, the um, rebels to destroy the Starkiller base. Mm -hmm. I love that scene when Kylo Ren kills him and then it just has that scene where Han Solo puts his hand on Kylo Ren's cheek and face and he looks at him like, you're such a monster, but I love you anyway. Mm -hmm. And then he topples off the bridge. Oh, so good. I mean, that sequence is incredible. I love it. And then, I mean, Chewbacca goes apeshit. He detonates the bombs. He shoots Kylo Ren. Um, you know, the Starkiller base Poe Dameron, they, they're able to destroy it. Um, and then there's a big showdown with Finn, Ray, and Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. And this is Kylo Ren already kind of incapacitated because he's been shot. Um, so at first he, what well, he immobilizes Ray, throws her against a tree, mm -hmm. and then he has a battle with Finn with the Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Yeah, which, Finn picks up the lightsaber, which is controversial. Like, why the hell did he pick up a lightsaber, and how can it? How can he use it? Right. Well, here's the thing. You, the more times I've seen that that scene again, you can see Kylo Ren's kind of just toying with him, and oh, he's yeah. already injured. So it's not like he was actually his match. Um, and but the, then Finn gets a shot and he's like, screw right. this. And then he's like, okay, so now I know like you're going down. Right. So thing. the one shot he does get at Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren's like, fuck this. I'm taking this guy out. Mm -hmm. And then he does. He almost kills him. Um, I mean, th the scene where he, you know, basically strikes Finn and then the lightsaber goes into the snow and then he Kylo tries Ren to tries to force grab it. And the lightsaber whizzes past Kylo Ren into Daisy Ridley's hands with John Williams' Star Wars score mm -hmm. to me as one of the biggest fuck yeah moments <laughs> in cinematic history. Mm -hmm. I've, so we have watched Force Awakens, I think, easily, what, 15, 20 times now? Easily. 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 Because, I mean, we bought it on Blu-ray. We bought a Blu-ray player because we accidentally bought The Force Awakens on Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. That's how ridiculous we are. So instead of returning it and getting it on DVD, we were like, ah, screw it. Let's go buy a Blu-ray player. Well, That's if we, we returned did. it and <laughs> ordered a DVD, then we could watch it that day. Right, exactly. Um, and we've seen it so many times. That scene to me... Like, I just cheer. And I remember, I mean, remember watching in the theater, there were so many like, woohoo moments. So like the, the excitement was so palpable in the theater. I mm -hmm. loved it so much. But anyway, so um, Ray kicks the shit out of Kylo Ren. Um, she uses the force and she like scars his face. Uh, and then conveniently they get divided because the planet is blowing up. And then um, Snoke, Chewie comes in. With well, the Snoke tells General Hux to grab kylo ren and bring him to him to finish the training then but you Chewie, never see that happen. right and then chewie comes with the millennium falcon and takes ray and uh, and finn. finn and finn's like in a coma at the end um one thing that did bug me uh you know so again force awakens and again this goes back to empire strikes back being flawless because i can't find faults with it force awakens does have some flaws but it brought out the kid in me. It it did everything in terms of the nostalgia and the new characters so much. It was so exciting and thrilling and still is every time I watch it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't care about any lower floors. Like one thing that did, does bug me is when um, Ray lands with Leia and then Chewie kind of walks off with um, Finn's body with the medics and he walks right past Leia. And then Leia and Ray hug. 
They've never even met. That bugged me because, well, hold on. Han Solo just died. Why doesn't Leia hug Chewie first? Okay, well, they both have the Force in them. Yeah. You realize it, right? So what if it was like a Force mind thing, like Leia can sense it? Because Leia, she's just not trained as a Jedi, like, you know, to do all that stuff but she still has like the mind right. connections she can so always she probably, kind of perceive yeah yeah she probably perceived like she has the force you know this she perceived that he died when it happened yeah i guess so that's right like it she shows knew. her like sitting down like oh my god she felt it yeah Han Solo so she just, probably just felt died. the yeah. force in in ray yeah at that time i guess so but anyway i'm just saying that you know then it does flash to chewy on his own being all sad um but i just i i didn't get that um there wasn't you know her consoling Chewbacca that that bugged me again it's just a point to nitpick and what a lot of people who didn't like Force Awakens a lot um say is that it's too much like the original films but I I actually think J.J. Abrams was smart to do that I think they had to do that to reintroduce it they wanted to bring what everyone already knew and loved while introducing new characters and plot devices you could care about. I think that's why it worked. If they did a, a fully new Star Wars movie, like we're not, we're going to mention the old guys, but they're not going to be in it. New story, new, 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 new. It would have failed. I, I think so. I agree It would have failed and like the prequels failed. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think it was just a total success. Uh, the Force Awakens was my favorite film of 2015. It blew me away. It made me feel like a child again. And we watched it again just a few days ago in preparation for The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And any flaw, I could just, I could get over really fast. It didn't bother me. It was so good. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we both loved Force Awakens. It was it was just a fantastic film, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think we're there. Last Jedi, Last Jedi, Last <laughs> Jedi. you've been saying. So episode eight, The Last Jedi. Okay. So... When the Force Awakens end, uh, Awakens ended, yeah, um, there was so much speculation and fa fan theories because oh my god, well, what are nuts. The, well, everyone wanted to know who is Snoke, who is this mysterious who are Snoke, his parents, and then who are Ray's parents was was one of the biggest things. Um, because again, this is another kind of thing I can understand why people nitpick it. In the original trilogy, I mean, it took three movies for Mark Hamill to get half as powerful as Ray got instantly i mean she was using her mind powers like in the first film within the first you know hour you mm -hmm. know with the stormtrooper to release her and stuff and and then she's up against kylo ren who's been training it seems like most of his life mm -hmm. you know so it it didn't make sense um here's the thing about the last jedi okay so the last jedi had so much hype um i mean the trailers the uh, ad campaigns looked phenomenal it came out we saw it I liked it. I wasn't disappointed because it was entertaining and it did feel like a Star Wars movie to me. Mm -hmm. um, critically, critics loved it. It's like one of the highest rated and reviewed Star Wars films ever. It's at like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, the, the film is two and a half hours long. So that is one factor I think unfortunately does work against it a little bit. I, a lot of people said that there's a 90-minute film, a great 90-minute film in this. I don't agree with that. Not I think all. it could have been easily two hours. Nah. Um, well, see, I think you liked the film better than me. You loved it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that doesn't mean I didn't I like didn't it. I didn't get up during this movie. And at any movie, if I'm sitting in the theater for more than an hour and a half, I will get up. That's true, movie. you do. Yeah, so I mean we had center seats, IMAX 3D, it was it was great. Um 
I enjoyed it a lot. Look, I'm going to kind of nitpick it and talk about a bunch of stuff. Why don't you kind of tell me? Tony. No, no, it's okay. I like The Last Jedi. Why don't you give me your opinion and thoughts on The Last Jedi first? I thought it did a good job of moving forward with the story. Like, obviously, you can't keep all the old characters so alive and well going forward. The, The... force and the light side and the dark side they evolve and the movies need to evolve with it right that's true um so it was more centered around kylo ren and ray especially and them having like a kind of connection throughout the movie and um luke is now just completely kind of over it you know you find out that he trained kylo ren to be a jedi in the first movie he's very disenfranchised from the whole jedi Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's concept, like, huh? he's like, I'm just gonna, I came here to die. You right. know, he wanted to die and be alone by the, you know, wasn't gonna train any more Jedi's. Just let everything sort itself out. He was done. He checked out, um, and he maintains that pretty much through most of the movie, right? Um, which is fine. I mean, that's what happens. Like, he had a huge disappointment, and not only did he disappoint um, just a person, he disappointed his sister, you know, and his best friend, right, and his nephew. And he just totally like let the family down. So I can see why he wants to kind of get away from everything. Um, But I think they moved on with the characters very well with the new characters while kind of phasing out the old a little bit more, Um, which of course, like you can't keep them forever. And unfortunately, right after they finished filming, Carrie Fisher passed away. Right, in real life, exactly. Obvious, you know, you, you... you can't keep them around forever, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, look, I agree with you. And again, so you loved it, right? Loved you loved it. it. Um, and I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I do have one thing I don't like about, okay, I didn't like me. about the movie, which was um, Finn kind of goes on this whole little side quest, which is fine. To the casino, yeah. Well, not just, you know, like on his own thing, like he uh, gets out of his like medical thing. Ray's right. already gone off to find Luke. Um, so he's just with... Um, that new character rose kelly marie tran is the actress right she's like a mechanic or something yeah um you didn't care for her at all no (laughs) they go off on this little side quest and then there's like a romance there it's weird it wasn't necessary i think i don't mind that he had to go and do his little side thing but trying to inject a romance in it it's totally not necessary right for and like for this movie i don't think there needs to be like ray doesn't have to have a love interest and i really hope they don't try to enforce that because it would kind of ruin it it's the same thing with rogue one they enforced a love interest there it's like jesus christ like can you just not right like the, a girl's purpose isn't to meet a boy and like her yeah which is what they made her this new characters rose you know it's like oh, i really like finn i'm about to pass out but i'm gonna kiss him first <laughs> yeah, come that scene on is cheesy. you know and but then again the best part of the movie there is a scene where Adam Driver playing Kylo Ren has his shirt off and oh it is God, just glorious. Just so glorious. You said that out loud in the theater. That was really I didn't funny. Say that out like, loud. Oh yeah. No, I was in like in the theater. I, the only more, voice. It was more of an ooh. Like an ooh. <laughs> but you and Yenny did laugh at me about yeah, that. And it's that like was I, her favorite scene. Sorry. Adam Driver topless. Okay. Um, let me talk about The Last Jedi a bit. Um so look, I gave, I did a review, which is on the Tony the Movie Guy uh, Facebook page. A non-spoiler review, right? I did a non-spoiler review. Yeah. So this is going to be full of spoilers. 
I'm going to talk about that because AO1 event, but this is going to be spoilers. Um, but I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Now, Boo, Tony. Force Awakens, I gave like five out of five um, because there are, I think there are actually a number of flaws in The Last Jedi, but I still felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I was still entertained. And I think why it did work for me is I am won over by the new characters. I'm invested in Rey and Kylo Ren specifically. Absolutely. I really care about them and BB-8. I'm surprised how not invested I am in Finn anymore. Because yeah, you were I, yeah. in Force Awakens, and well, now you're kind of not. He was kind of my least favorite character in Force Awakens too. I didn't dislike him. It was kind of the comedy element. Um, but you're right. In this film, I, I really didn't care about him much. Poe Dameron, I thought, actually came more into his own. I can see him being like a rebel leader, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me... It's Which he all- probably will be by the next movie. Yeah, but to me, The Last Jedi, it, it's all about Rey and, and, and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's what I'll say. So critics, it's 94%. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics love this film. It's really interesting how divided the fans are. Um, you know, audience um, attraction and likes is, I think, at like 52%. It's like half either love it or half hate it. Get over yourself and stop taking Star Wars so seriously. It's entertainment. I know. And I, I listeners, I, I think that's actually an important point because that's why I'm able to enjoy it. But I do want to say I can actually understand, especially why the devoted fans are going crazy over this film and think it's like, because literally half of the people, the audience, um, you know, basically it's the fanboys. And look, I'm a fanboy too. So I'm not saying that as a derogatory statement, but like half of them are saying this is like the worst film since The Phantom Menace. Or you have Ryan Johnson, who's the director, you have destroyed the Star Wars franchise. Look, I understand why they're saying that. Because basically, you're right. What The Last Jedi does, Luke Skywalker says something in in the trailers, uh, this is not going to go the way you think it is. And that's basically what happens in The Last Jedi because all the speculation and damn theories were over who's Rey's parents, Mm -hmm. who is Snoke, and obviously Luke Skywalker coming back. And in The Last Jedi, basically the twist is that Rey's parents are nobodies. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't really explain anything at all, but basically they just sold her and dumped her off on planet Jakku and left and then died. Mm -hmm. That's what Kylo Ren tells her. And he says, you have always known that they were nobodies. So, I mean, that kind of works on one level because I think the message is that you don't have to come from something special. But I did feel a bit cheated. And I think the fanboys really did. I think just people built it up too much. Right. If you, they thought she was, um, you know, Luke Skywalker's oh, she descended uh, daughter of or Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, exactly. There were so many theories, um, and then Snoke. I mean, that is the best scene. Spoilers in the Last Jedi. It is. It, I mean, that scene is fucking dope. Um, so he's referring to a scene where. Do you want to say it? <laughs> where Adam Driver, fuck, Kylo Ren. Use, I know, I know, I need to use characters' names. Um, where Kylo Ren brings Rey to Snoke. To Snoke. I think she actually goes there herself. Yeah, she, she does. She goes there herself to try to they've She's been communicating to via the Kylo force. Ren around. Yeah. Yeah, they've been communicating via the force for a while. She thinks there's still light in Kylo Ren. Yeah. So she goes and she's like, I'm gonna try to save him. I bet I can do it. Like <laughs> they have like a moment where their hands yeah. touch via the force or yeah. whatever. Anyway, um so she goes um and Kylo Ren brings her to Snoke and turns out he was just like, Okay, great, you did it, your final task, like you brought her here. Good job. 
Well, no, Snoke also tells them and reveals that he was the one orchestrating them yeah, being connected it wasn't to just, the Force. It wasn't them like he randomly. He says that was like, his plan all along. Yeah, he connected them via the Force yeah. um, so that they would, so that she would think that there's a light side and be willing to come to him. Right. So pretty much he's like, ha ha, I win. You guys and are stupid. And then she tells Kylo to complete his training, he needs to kill Ray. Mm-hmm. And then so there's a really intense scene where he's about to strike her down, but Ray's lightsaber is right by Snoke. Well, he took it from her, like, you know, like yeah. force grabbed it from her. Right. And then so it's sitting like on his throne. And he's in this really, the way the aesthetic of that scene is really Beautiful. cool. And the so it's like Imperial guards and the red like samurai yeah. outfits are so, like they look red, so sinister and menacing. Red samurai looking stormtroopers with yeah. like these weird electric forcey rods uh blade things (laughs) like spears almost and then the whole it's a big cylindrical room with uh fabric red bright red fabric and then he's in this big throne wearing like a gold robe and you figure out that snoke's not like this weird mini like i thought he's gonna be like kind of like he's a big hologram in force awakens so you don't know what he looks like he's he's kind of a normal tall tall, alien kind of monster looking guy yeah Yeah, with like a fucked up face well again that's uh, that is a problem in in the last jedi is there's no reveal about Snoke. But remember, this is just the second chapter in the trilogy, so it might be revealed in the in the third one. But you don't Why find do out anything about him. From something? Well, I know. See, and I know that didn't bug just you. Like, oh, but... from the ashes of the Empire, fuck this. I'm gonna do it. Right. Yeah. Well look, that bugged a lot of fans. And again, I understand. So what happens, just to finish it, is um and to me this was the best scene. This scene mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, Kylo Ren uses his force powers and um, activates the lightsaber. Activates the lightsaber and basically cuts Snoke, Snoke uh, in half yeah, and kills Snoke. Ray's lightsaber. And then Ray and Kylo Ren get the lightsabers, and then they have this epic battle taking on all of the Imperial Guards, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And you think that Kylo Ren is turned good. But then you find out he actually hasn't. He just wants to basically take over the uh, First Order himself to be the supreme leader. Mm-hmm. And he wants Rey to join him. But she won't join him. What? I don't know if if that was his intention the entire time. That's what he says. He says, join me. You know, well, join me and we can rule the galaxy together. Yeah, but does that mean rule it like Snoke ruled it or some yeah. no, change no, no. it a little Look, bit? Look, I know you have a huge crush on Adam Driver. There is no redemption for Kylo Ren. I really don't think so. I mean, he is pure evil and he just wants to rule the galaxy and command everything. As long as everyone is his loyal subjects and servants, uh, I think he'll be fine. But uh, I don't think there's any redemption. You still think you're holding up for hope for Kylo Ren, some type of uh, Darth Vader arc? I just don't think he's like as evil as people say. What are you talking about? He wants to like murder and destroy everyone. He didn't kill Rey. Okay, you didn't. So I think that's the one person he really does have a connection with. You know, I, I agree with you on what that. What if they get married and then the light and the dark come together and okay. they have cute little force babies? Light and dark babies. <laughs> okay, you're just getting ridiculous now. <laughs> what? I'm just saying they can rule peacefully. They can rule the galaxy peacefully. Okay. Why? Anyway, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. With his shirt off. Okay. The actor in the performance, I thought he was truly fantastic. And Daisy Ridley as Ray. They both brought their A-game in The Last Jedi. Um, To me, the franchise really is all about them representing light and dark. I absolutely love them. Mm -hmm. Do you think, or have you heard rather, um, because people complained about Kylo Ren at the beginning. Yeah. And in Force Awakens. I think he got one over. I I actually think the more times people watch Force Awakens, he's become more and more popular. Because you're right, a Mm -hmm. lot of people thought he was kind of whiny and, you know, and he was, he was... 
a teenager. He was young. Um, I think he's fantastic. And I thought he was great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I thought those two were great. Um, here's the thing about The Last Jedi for me. Uh, why I didn't give it as high a review. Why I didn't absolutely love it. Um, number one, yes, it does make some bold choices. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes away Snoke completely. So that drove people crazy. Finn kills Captain Phasma. They have a battle and she dies. A lot of people felt that she was just completely wasted because she was wasted in Force Awakens. People loved the look of her, almost like Baba Fett. Um, and then, of course, with Ray, your parents are nobodies. That drove people crazy to no end, especially the fans. Um, again, the concept that you don't have to come from something and you, you can just be special because you are special is kind of cool. Um, I think where fanboys really hated the movie, and I mean like loathed the movie the most, was with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. And I kind of agree. Now, let me be clear about this. Mark Hamill is fantastic as Luke Skywalker in this film. He's great. Um, But here's what I'm talking about. Number one, the comedy in Force Awakens, I thought worked every time. Mm -hmm. There were comical moments that were just so great. In The Last Jedi, there are so many comical moments. I didn't think they all worked. I thought some of them were real misfires. Right at the beginning, right at the beginning of the movie, there's that scene where Poe Dameron's in his, what? Uh, x-wing in front of the imperial uh destroyer um and he's trying to communicate to general hux he's like i'm standing by i'm waiting for general hux oh he was on hold yeah i'm on hold it was so weird to me and general hux was trying to be all menacing he's like delivering a message and he's like i'm sorry i'm still on hold are you there is general hux and it goes on for like 30 seconds you like that to me that was cheesy that's Poe Dameron. Um, okay. That is him. I know. That is his personality. He's snarky. He's I the guess smartass, so. You know? I guess so. Um, there were just there were there were scenes of comedy that worked wonderfully, um, and there were some that didn't. Like the Porgs. Everyone thought the Porgs were going to kind of drive them crazy, and they actually weren't. They were cute. These cute little creatures. They weren't on overused. The, I think yeah, that on was the, the island where Luke Skywalker is, they were cute, and there were some funny moments with them. BB-8 was great. You know, so there there was comedy that that worked and then i don't know there was some i can't remember off the top of my head all of them but there was some that to me uh, just really didn't i felt like there was too much of it um okay for instance i'm jumping all over the place but you know when force awakens ends on this climatic cliffhanger literally ending because ray passes luke skywalker the lightsaber and you're waiting to see if he's gonna take it and it takes us two years and he doesn't even end mention a word he doesn't utter a single word Mm -hmm. and when it shows ray give mark hamill luke skywalker the lightsaber he looks at it and he just tosses it over the cliff i i didn't like that i thought that was very anticlimactic it was supposed to be comical it wasn't funny to me i don't think it was supposed to be comical he's cynical he doesn't want anything to do with the force someone brings him his old lightsaber he's like fuck this shit but if you noticed there was kind of a muted laugh in the theater um but anyway i didn't like that um i I didn't mind that he was so resistant to the force and kind of was just there to die. I didn't mind that at all, actually. Um, Again, huge spoilers here. What I didn't like was, so he basically refuses to train Rey. He refuses to go back to join up with Leia. Um, And then, which is another great scene, and it's great nostalgia, Yoda comes back. And there is a lovely little scene with Yoda. Um, talking to Luke Skywalker, basically telling him, like, forget the scriptures and the texts. You know, the Jedi is 
whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah, I can't remember the speech he gives, but he's basically mm -hmm. saying, who cares about the mythology? You know, anyone can be special. And then Luke at the end on the, the climatic battle when Hux and Kylo Ren are all converging on the, the, the remaining survivors of the resistance because mm -hmm. there's not many of them left at this point. Then Luke comes to save the day. Um, I, I talk about comedy, another scene that really didn't work for me. I mean, he has a nice touching kind of reunion with Leia, which I thought was nice. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out to meet the, you know, the eight, what do you call them? Atats? Well, these are called assault walkers. Okay. The assault walkers and all of the first order. And then Luke Skywalker goes outside to single-handedly take them on and confront Kylo Ren. It's a bit weird. And Kylo Ren's just batshit crazy at this point. He's like, put all of your guns on that man and fire. He's like, keep firing. And they shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And then the dust settles and Luke Skywalker's still there. And then he brushes his shoulder off like a piece of dust. I did. I thought that was so cheesy. I think it was him trying to push Kylo Ren's buttons. Yeah. Like, you can't do, you can't touch me type of thing. I thought thing. it was so cheesy. It, no, but it accomplished it. it uh, people, uh, I'm getting so mad. It accomplished exactly what he mad. wanted to. Kylo Ren got out of the ship and he bought a fuck ton of time for everybody in the base. Yeah, so he was, was stalling them so that the remaining uh, rebel soldiers could, you know, Poe and uh, Princess so Leia and everyone could escape. Yes, and he does do that successfully. So Kylo Ren comes down. And if and he, he didn't do that stupid shoulder brush thing, it wouldn't have pushed Kylo Ren's buttons so. as much and he Fine. wouldn't have got a ship like, I'm going to do this myself. Fine. Okay. And then Fine. he gets out and then it works. That's okay. It's okay. This is why we're debating it. Ah. Um, Danny's looking really stressed. So Kylo Ren comes out of the ship and you think they're going to have this big epic battle, which would have been really awesome. Like Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren with their lightsabers. And it, they kind of do. It starts, but then it stops. And then you basically find out that it Luke, stops because Luke, Kylo Ren puts a lightsaber through him and nothing happens. Right. And he's an astral projection and he's using his force mm -hmm. power to be an astral body. And Luke Skywalker is actually still on the island, which I had, hold on, which I had already figured out because Luke Skywalker looks younger. younger. He he doesn't exactly. look all gruff and have a huge long he's beard. Young, he's as young as when, on when the he's island. training Kylo Ren. Exactly, when he was training Kylo Ren and stuff like that. There's a whole backstory there of where Luke Skywalker basically saw too much darkness in Kylo Ren. So he, for a flicker of a second, he was going to kill him. And that's why Kylo Ren turned against him and then went to the, the dark side. But anyway, this... I think is probably the most controversial choice. I loved Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in this film. I did not think he got the glory. So basically it showed, yes, he helps save the day so they can escape. That's really all he does. And he basically says, I will not be the last Jedi because basically Ray will be another Jedi. And I don't know. And then it shows him on the island, you know, coming back to his real form and then, I don't know, like he's exhausted from using he his force to be an astral body. Juice. So then he vanishes and all you see is his cloak, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi. So basically he dies. And Yoda. Uh, and then Rey and Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia feel it and they're like, but it was peaceful. I didn't like that. I think Luke Skywalker absolutely should have been in this full trilogy um, what makes you think he's not going to be in the next one? I don't Yoda know, comes as a back. force ghost, probably. Yeah, what's wrong with force ghosts? I, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I mean, basically, Luke Skywalker is on the island the entire time in The Last Jedi. I'm just telling you Because he went there to die. That's okay, what he I'm wanted just to do. You know what did bug me? And I understand, like, 
if you look at a lot of the haters, they're they're like you you basically just ruined the Skywalker legacy. If you think about it, it's kind of true. So basically, the legacy of Skywalker is. Ben Solo. He's the only surviving Skywalker who's now the numero uno villain. Leia didn't die in that. In That's the right. So Leia, which I kind of knew, I since Carrie Fisher died in real life, I kind of knew that they. you thought Princess Leia was going to die. I thought they were going to take the easy way out. And I was it. like, I don't think they're going to kill her. Which I wouldn't have minded. I, yeah. I thought in, that Kylo Ryan was then going to kill his mother and then right. be fully on the dark side at that point. Well, well, also in the trailer, it shows him about to pull the trigger and shoot her, you know, from his spaceship. So I kind of knew that that was just a Since when baiting, is the trailer not yeah, baiting spoiled the, something? the viewers. Um, but anyway, um, that whole thing with Luke Skywalker, again, Mark Hamill was great as him, but that did bug me to no end. Um, it really did. Now, <clears throat> the Snoke thing um, and the Ray thing, funnily enough, didn't bother me as much as I thought it was because I love Ray so much. And I guess I can kind of have that she's special just because she is. And I didn't care so much it about It has to Snow. start somewhere. Where, was, right. where, did, um, where did Anakin come from? Was right. he just this random, sorry, was he just this random kid in the desert? Like he didn't have any like special Jedi lineage. He was That's just right. Anakin Skywalker That's in the true. desert. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, th- anyway, that did bug me. Um, I... Again, I gave it three and a half out of five stars. It's still an entertaining film. It was still cool. Ray and Kylo Ren are phenomenal, you know, um, and that's why I'll still be in line to see, you know, the, the next one, episode nine, when it comes out. Absolutely. But the, the, the comedy didn't quite work for me. You're right. Um, Finn's character, uh, John Boyega as Finn, it, it didn't really serve a big, big purpose. Rose, this character that he pairs up with, they I go off like to the this. Romance in it. Yeah, they How, go off to this casino. Yeah, it just wasn't really necessary. And um, Poe Dameron was kind of cool. Um, Oscar Isaac, I think he came more into his own. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, that scene where um, you think Princess Leia is being killed, the the spaceship gets blown up, and she's <sighs> in space, and basically it's like a Superman moment where she uses the Force to like fly herself back into the ship. To me, that was so cheesy. So Kylo Ren blows up the bridge of the ship at the No, no, he doesn't. He He's about to pull the trigger and kill her, but he can't because it's his mother. And then the oh, uh, the TIE fighters come in and shoot her. Okay, so they shoot the bridge and there's a window. So they destroy the window and everyone gets sucked out into space. Right. Right? So, and then they say um, Akbar died too. I'm just like, that kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, a lot of people hated that, that he just dies off screen. Akbar, who, funnily enough. He died enough, off screen. They blew it up. He died right. the rest of the way so that everyone else does. So a lot of so fans everyone really on the bridge hated that. died except right. for the one person who has use of the force, which is Leia. Right. So she flies like, through space like Superman. <laughs> she flies through space back to the bridge. They let her in and then she is in like essentially in a medically induced coma because she used to pull for force juice. That's what happens when you use so the force. So that didn't bug you at all? No, it didn't bug me. That really bugged Ugh. me. Would it bug you more? Okay, how much? If that, if she blew up in the bridge and floated into space and she died with everyone else, would you prefer that? No, not necessarily. Okay, so you prefer that she lived? I guess so. So I stop mean, complaining. Maybe if she had like you know, telepathically teleported herself back onto the ship. I don't know. I just thought it was done really weird. Um, it was kind of cool to see her use the force because you always know she does, but she never gets to use she it. She has but. the force, but she's more of a political figure than a than a than a fighter. She yeah. doesn't fight. She doesn't have a blaster except for the original series, and that's to get herself out of a tight situation. But right. she is a diplomat. Yeah, you know. Well, look again. 
I enjoyed the film. It's just I'm still kind of conflicted. What I'm really happy about. We need about, to watch it again. Exactly. Let's go right I'm, now. Well, no, I'm happy that we already have tickets to go see it. We're seeing at the, the Disney uh, Theater El Capitan on Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lightsaber show. And we're seeing it on like the day before New Year's Eve or something. something like um, so I'm excited. Like, look, Force Awakens, I had to go see immediately. I saw it five times. I'm not that as excited about this one to see it that many times i probably won't see it five times in the theater but i definitely do want to watch it a second time so i can kind of process it but look here's what i'll say i mean number one as i said i thought it was a good film i did think it was a bit too long um it does drag a bit in the middle i'm giving you my opinion um i love ray i love um kylo ren I, i think they are the shining bright part that will keep this alive a bb-8 still great um they're supposed to be i know uh, i thought mark hamill was fantastic but I, i'm still i it's still settling i don't know it kind of makes sense why they did what they did with this character because it's opening up for millennials this is a new generation i i get that but it, it still bugged me um the thing with snow can raise parents i understand why it bugs so many people that have formed so many theories over the last two years but again it kind of worked um the comedy elements uh did bug me a bit and so you've got several storylines you've got ray with uh luke skywalker Mm -hmm. you've got um kylo ren and ray you've got um poe and Um, rose yeah and then you've got oh sorry not finn and rose going off to the casino a lot of people were bothered by the whole casino thing that didn't bother me i didn't think i didn't think it was overuse of cgi and then oh benicio del toro's in this film as well he's that was yeah he's a code breaker and he's kind of like a backstabber he he's on their side but then he turns against them he He was pretty good very valuable points though of you know they steal a ship and he goes oh let's see whose ship this is you know because the casino it's all rich people and they're like yeah all these people have their money because they all deal in weapons yeah and they sell their weapons and ships to the the uh, rebels and the first order which was kind of interesting which is what i was going to say so benicio del toro steals a ship and he's like well you know at least you're stealing from the bad guys he's like oh let's see who owned this ship and he goes through and it's like uh you know like uh blueprints essentially for like tie fighters and rebel ships and assault walkers and then it's a blueprint for it uh for an x-wing and he's like yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who doesn't matter to them whose side they're on. They're yeah. making money. That's right. Way. And he double crosses them, and he's like, "It's all business." Um, so well, I actually I, thought that I was interesting. I don't think he was going to double cross them, but they did get caught, and right. he cut a deal. That's what he said. He said we got caught. Um, anyway, okay. So look, I'm not trying to upset you. Um, Too late. But I I enjoyed the film a lot. I need to watch it again. I wasn't as blown away, and I mean, here's the thing. Again, so the director. Ryan Johnson, and this is interesting. So, is Ryan, it Rain or Ryan? Right, I think weird. I think it's Ryan Johnson. Okay. Um, anyway, he directed Looper, Brick, which are two films I love. Um, he's also Ooh. the only other director. I don't know if you know this, other than George Lucas, who wrote, wrote it. the Last Jedi and directed mm-hmm. it. He made bold choices. He did because he basically said. I'm not just going to give the fans what they want. I don't think it matters who Ray's parents are. um, And I'm not going to go into Snoke because it doesn't matter. This is about Kylo and this is about Ray. And then he made a really bold decision to just kill off Skywalker on the the very next film where he, it's his first film coming back. The force, you don't. He's a he. Okay. You you think, you think Luke Skywalker is going to feature majorly in the last one maybe as not a majorly ghost. but i think he'll come back as a force ghost okay you, you don't need a if you are that strong of a jedi you don't need a body yoda a physical body. yeah yoda and can you stop that dog 
Yeah, our dog is next to us making so much noise. Like Starbuck, you're going to feature in the podcast. Congratulations. She's, she's looking for attention. She looks so happy. <laughs> so um, we learned that from Obi-Wan Kenobi. We learned that from Yoda. We learned that from uh, now Luke, hopefully. Right. But you, it's a, it's a spirit, like the Jedi and the Force, it's more of a spiritual thing for them, which is why they were always calling it a religion. And they're essentially like, I would say like the monks of of you know that religion so you don't they can make themselves appear physically in front of people without having a body because their spirit still exists i get it so in the last jedi basically the skywalker story is over and it opens up a new story really it's all about skywalker stories ray and kylo ren fine but let's move on technically kylo ren is a is a skywalker he's of that lineage he he is yeah he's solo he's of the royal bloodline so Last Jedi ends basically. You've got now Kylo Ren is basically the supreme leader. Um, he Rey, is a supreme leader. Yeah, Hux calls him supreme leader. I know. Ray is, um, you know, basically now the last Jedi. Um, and no, she, I won't consider her a Jedi. Okay, well, she kind of is, and she's with the, you know, the um, rebellion. Well, just like the Empire's name changed to First Order, maybe they're not going to call it a Jedi anymore. Right. Maybe she will be the middle ground Jedi. Yes, it didn't go into the Grey Jedi at all. Which because that's not there canon. There was so that much speculation in... that, you know, she's going to be a Grey Jedi. And that didn't, that wasn't part of the story at all. So the director, again, I do think that's bold. And that is something you have to applaud that he took it in a direction no one expected. Whether you hated it or loved it, he did do something completely different and new, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. And I have something to say to that effect. If it's he... better to burn out than to fade away. That's oh. Highlander. Continue. Oh <laughs> um. If he had made it more like past Star Wars, right. they would say he didn't take any risks. He didn't do anything. Right. It's just the same. He took risks and then, oh, it's too different. You're right. Fuck off, people. If Seriously, if you want okay, your Star down. Wars movie, Let's keep the then piece. make it yourself and see if you can do better. Because I doubt anybody can. <laughs> she looks so emotional. No, look, you are right. It's just stupid how people, people are like, it wasn't this movie that I wanted. because well, right. wasn't. He wasn't in my head doing exactly what I wanted to do. Fuck you. He made a great movie. Okay, okay, calm down. No, I'm too worked up. (laughs) You are right about one thing because the the detractors of The Force Awakens were like too much like A New Hope. It's just a rehash. And now it's too different. And now with The Last Jedi, so many people who hate it are like, it's nothing like Star Wars. So yeah, come on. There's got to be some middle ground. I Look, here's the thing. This is a film for entertainment. It entertains. I won't nitpick to the end of time because... That's not entertaining. That's no fun. Just enjoy yourself. And you know what? People take themselves away. Yeah, they seriously. do. Well, the real fans, like the, that's why I'm saying I don't consider ourselves that hardcore third. Like it's like a religion because that's just too exhausting. I think it, also, I think it's too exhausting to nitpick and hate something so much. Then just find something else to like. Yeah, you don't have to watch it. Yeah, so look, the you guys last are Jedi, going out and watching it, even though you're like, it's too different. Right. I'm going to go watch it. And they're probably going to see it several times in theaters that's the thing they're being kind of hypocritical (laughs) and they'll line up to see episode nine so look the last jedi we've talked about this a lot um i i I liked it a lot it was very entertaining and you've you've got to hand it to the director for it to be this controversial and for so many people to be talking about it i mean he did something whether it's right or wrong he did something unique and original um kudos to you ryan johnson i'm a huge fan of your movie danny loves it and and again that's why i find the reviews all the all the debates online on twitter and facebook they are fascinating because people are just like either 
black or white. It really is uh, interesting. Um, look, I love Star Wars. I'll be standing in line for the next one um, without a doubt. I really will. So there's no question. Let's not kid ourselves. So episode nine, I think we now have to wait like two years God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it'll be two years. Um, I would love to see more of Luke Skywalker, even as a Force ghost. I guess that would kind of redeem that a bit. Um, and I would like to know a bit even more about Even if he died Rey. completely, he wanted to. He was sure. done. But even in an Obi-Wan Kenobi role, um, like, you know, kind of advising her and stuff would be kind of cool. And then I, I would mean, the like Jedi to know a bit more about destroyed. Rey. She's going to yeah. have to figure it out for herself. Like, how is she so powerful so fast? It's not really explained. I would like some explanation. Well, let's say that the Force is something that can be measured. Right. Right? Like it was for, they kind of mentioned it in episode one, like, oh, his fucking stupid things. Or, Metachlorians. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Jedi sperm cells. So, okay. You're, it sounds really weird when you say it like <laughs> That's that. That's the point. But what if... Whatever that unit is, she has a fuck ton of it, you right. know? Um, it helps that she believes in it and she's very pure of heart. Oh, she's say. extremely powerful, yeah. And again, as I said, that's why I think this thrives above everything else is the new characters are wonderful. I love Ray to no end. And actually now I, I really love Kylo Ren. Do you think Rose is dead? Oh no, Rose isn't dead. <sighs> and I look, I, I here's the thing, I, I didn't hope I didn't dead. hate her. I just didn't think she was wonderful. She I was thought annoying. she was okay. See, I didn't think so. Rose was kind of cute. So here's something about the last Jedi. Rose is this Asian little kind of cute mechanic girl who goes off on an adventure with Finn. She's mm -hmm. kind of pairs with him most of the movie. Like Finn and Ray don't see each other until the very last scene of the movie, mm -hmm. you know? Um they literally barely talk. Um but in the beginning of The Last Jedi, it shows Rose's sister as a, a fighter pilot. And she, it's a, they're, um, I forgot what they're called exactly. I was looking at the Lego. Um, well, she blows up one of the destroyers. It's like a bomb dropper thing. Right, but she gets killed. And she's only in it for like five, ten minutes. She was badass. If she had mm -hmm. been the main character, I would have really liked her. I don't but even Rose remember. Rose is her sister. Yeah, I don't remember what the sister who died looked like. Are they the same person? No, no, no. They weren't supposed to be like twins no, she was or something like, an like that. Asian actress. You know, okay, young... like you don't, you barely see her, right. and then you didn't even realize that it was kind of um, important until later. Like Rose was like, "That's my sister." Because <laughs> yeah, you see her necklace, and she has another half. It's like a yin and yang necklace. That's that they right. Yeah, each half. Look, Rose was fine, but she was just there to serve as a partner for Finn. I don't think I like the actress that much yeah. either, but I think that's just my personal opinion. That's like not that mean. she was a bad actress <laughs> We've or never anything. seen her in anything. She's brand new. And then also the, uh, the evil quote unquote droid, the counterpart to BB-8 was kind of pointless. Okay. What, do you know what it was even called? It's just a, it's a BB unit. No, I think it's a BB-9 or a BB-10 or okay. something. Yeah. Well, there's, several different droids that look exactly like r2d2 so offended. What's because happening? people are like nitpicking on the stupidest shit with the, this is that that's what makes this podcast entertaining the but, debate but <laughs> there are other colors of r2d2 and they're all r2 units okay. but he's r2d2 i just didn't think it worked so well and i'm not talking about r2d2 <laughs> no but i'm saying it's just in the same oh yeah r2d2 is barely in the last jedi although can i finish yeah yeah but although the reunion with luke skywalker and r2d2 uh Anyone who didn't find that moving has no heart. That, that was, was very cute. cute. Yeah, sorry, anyway, continue. So they're um, episode four when they're when they the when hope. Luke um, acquires R two D two and C three PO. There are different R two units. Why can't there be different BB units? Okay, right. he's BB nine, so he's like one up from BB eight. 
they're just they're products they're okay. products i have an iphone 8 you have an iphone 8 now but let's say you had an iphone 6 so I i'm understand. bb9 and you have bb8 what's the fucking difference oh my, oh my god, god this, this is, is so hilarious. annoying this is so in I, I this is so entertaining to see how worked up danny is getting over all the nitpicks but look that's why we're talking about it so what i'm trying to say is i i'm just looking at both ends I'm kind of Switzerland, you see. I can sit on the fence and I can look at both sides. I love Star Wars and I'll love Star Wars till the end of time. I absolutely will. You know, really. I mean, even the prequels, uh, nothing will kill it for me. I, 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 you know, but there, there are definitely things I can love and hate. But as an overall thing, I like it. The Last Jedi was a great film. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Just so you know, that that's very good. That's what that is. Now, we've talked about all the films. We're excited for episode nine, which I think that's not coming out till like 2019. Two because years. Oh, and I next did look. year is Han Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. And oh, then sorry, they, are, they are starting um, production on Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi? in 2019. Is that confirmed? Yes. Okay. Do we know if it's Ewan McGregor yet or not? Do not know. Okay. Please cast Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Come on. I'm that sure just makes that Kathleen Kennedy listens to this podcast. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> He would be amazing. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Solo. Um, obviously, we don't know much about it at all. I mean, number one, the production of that film has been so fascinating because Lord and Miller, those directors who did the Jump Street movies, literally got fired. And the Lego movie. Three, yeah, and the Lego, three quarters of a way into production. Like, the film was almost done. And who finished it off? Um, Ron Howard took over. But that was like yes. an unprecedented move that they got fired. Apparently, they were making... Don't they wanted fuck with to Kathleen make, Kennedy. She will fire your ass. Or actually, it was Lawrence Kasten, who's the original writer, um, who, who I think initiated it originally. But so apparently, the problem was is they wanted it to be very ad-libbed and uh, very comical. But apparently, the guy playing uh, Han Solo, his role was almost like Ace Ventura. Like it was that cheesy, apparently. That actor, his name is ridiculous. Something like Aiden Ollenwright. He really does look like a young Skywalker. I haven't seen him much at all. So I'm a bit nervous about that. He's playing the young Han Solo. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's going to be Chewie, but that doesn't really matter. Do you know who plays young Lando? Yeah, so Lando Calrissian, that is very smart casting. It's Donald Glover, which my wife loves him. I swear, all of my boyfriends... Childish Gambino. All of my boyfriends are now in Star Wars. I'm so (laughs) happy. I can see them at any time. Donald Gleeson? Oh, Donald Gleeson. Oh, you love Donald Gleeson too. Donald Gleeson, please come... Someone needs to give that guy a hug, though, as General Hux. I find his performance so over the top, it's His ridiculous. performance in, in Jedi was better than Force Awakens, I think. I thought it was just as he ludicrous. He probably saw himself and was like, ooh, I look a little bit too ridiculous. But he <laughs> is over the top. He, like, I mean, they they have different ways of doing things. Like, Kylo Ren, now, well, now he's Supreme Leader. They used to be more of equals right. under the Supreme Leader. And Hux wants to use his stormtroopers and um you know like he's like no i train my guys like we have this army and kylo ren's kind of like this renegade like no i have the force fuck you <laughs> yeah. you know so they were against each other but now power okay. has shifted i love that rant i'm gonna go back to solo we're gonna uh, wrap this up i know but, we're um, kind of two hours in right now yeah are we really yes. oh my god Okay, fine. Well, it's a special bonus episode all about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Again, spoiler filled. So make sure you post that. that yeah, people, tell them that there's spoilers at the end. Yeah, people only <laughs> listen to this 
Um, if A, they don't care about spoilers, or B, they've already seen uh, The Last Jedi. But look, uh, on Solo, I mean, I am excited for that. It's directed by Ron Howard. Um, also, some of the other supporting cast is great. Woody Harrelson's in it. Um, mm-hmm. The girl from um, Game of Thrones. Do you remember her name? Amelia Clark Khaleesi. She's what? in it. Amelia Clark. What? In Solo? Yeah, she's in Solo. Really? Yeah, I think Helen Bonham Carter's in it. Thandie Newton's in it. Woody this Harrelson. Be interesting. Yeah, it really is. So I'm very curious. But I, most importantly, who's in it? Donald Glover, mm-hmm. aka his rap alter ego, Childish Gambino. Well, Donald Glover is his just like his acting name, yeah. but he does go by Childish Gambino. Um, Look, I, I won't lie. Dollars. I mean, that's perfect casting as Lando Calrissian. Oh He's so smooth I love and him so cool. Much. Yeah, so I think you'll love it for Remember that. Remember him in Magic Mike? Yeah, Magic uh, Mike 2, which unfortunately, yes, I have seen because you not made Magic me watch Mike it. It's Magic Mike XXL, but oh, let's not God. get into okay. semantics here. I want to keep this on the rails. So look, I'm excited <laughs> for Solo and then episode nine, um, which will close out this trilogy, come out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then, so again, this is what a lot of the fans are nervous about. Apparently, Ryan Johnson it has been given the reins to write and direct a whole new trilogy mm-hmm. after this trilogy ends. Which I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Skywalker right. or, or Which anything again, like Which again, I understand that. It's a whole new age. We have to move on. And I do get that. So as long as they and keep the feel of Star Wars, it will work. He successfully made a Star Wars movie that didn't, that wasn't too so much like the original uh, trilogy that people had complained about it. Yeah. And it kind of went off on its own. Here's and one thing that's that it should be. Yeah, you're right. Here's the one thing that is. The story the world and the galaxy evolves and the movies about that galaxy should right. evolve with it. You can't be stuck in the past. And here's one thing that is bullshit. Anyone who said this doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie, I don't know what movie they were watching. It felt exactly like a Star Wars movie. It just didn't go the direction they wanted it to go at all. And I guess that's kind of good that it takes some twists and make some different choices but anyway look we're gonna wrap this up babe um here's one thing i do want to do i want to do something before we're done too hold on okay good well what i want to do is i just want us to rank them okay so here's where i would rank them sure empire strikes back for me will always be my favorite star wars movie Mm -hmm. um Again, I could almost say that Return of the Jedi might be quote-unquote more enjoyable, but Empire Strikes Back to me is a perfect film. It's flawless. I mm-hmm. I genuinely cannot find a fault in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love every part of it. Um, next would be Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that film. Third would be Return of the Jedi. So you can see that no matter what, and I, I don't think this will ever change, the original trilogy is always going to be the top for me. Um, then I would actually put the force awakens next that's how much i loved it mm-hmm. i absolutely loved the force awakens then and you'll see look it's quite high then i put the last jedi mm-hmm. because it still absolutely felt like a star wars film and as i said i love ray and kylo ren i love those characters i really do and then um next i put revenge of the sith which mm-hmm. i know is a bit controversial but out of those prequels i actually like revenge of the sith i find it quite entertaining especially the second part Mm -hmm. next is rogue one rogue one has a lot of love just so you know a lot of people consider it one of the best star wars movies i don't it's got the best darth vader scene absolutely um next is phantom menace and then last is attack of the clones which is the only real stinker for me Mm -hmm. so where would you rank them so i would probably i'm pretty much the same except i would put a new hope first really that's your favorite. favorite one okay it's flawless i mean nostalgia nostalgia it's kind of perfect Um, and then empire and then return of the jedi okay um and then i'd probably this is tough i'd probably put last jedi above force awakens 
Really? Or if if you or if they're tied. You saw The Force Awakens five times, and you told me that you weren't dying to go see The Last Jedi again in the theater. Well, okay, that was like right after that you said that. I've had time to process now. And again, The Force Awakens had all over. that hype. You know, Star Wars had just come That's back for the first is. time in a decade. Like, so that was, was a like, big factor. Yeah. This is the second chapter in something that's back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Sorry, continue. <laughs> so it, it kind of, they're interchangeable. Like one, like Force Awakens, Last Jedi, I'd say that they're kind of tied. Okay. I'm with you though that the original would go above everything else. Yeah. Um, it would always be first. And then I'd probably put Rogue One at the bottom. Really? It has a couple of good scenes and I really like K2SO. You mean below the prequels? It's kind of hard to say, but we I don't, don't have all day here. I don't think that it added as much. Like I got that story in the crawl. I didn't need a whole movie. Okay. About so it. you do the originals, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, basically tied the prequels and then Rogue One. Somewhere in there or the prequels okay. and Rogue One are tied because I mean, they're pretty bad, but I got it's it. canon. Okay, oh, good. Okay. Well, look, it's hard I, to say. I'm done. This was fun. Thanks for, you know, letting me vent to you. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, look, I know people are really passionate about the Star Wars films. Um, you really were. And, you know, look, I love the franchise. Here's one thing I want to tell the listeners. Uh, I'm an avid um, movie critic. I love movies. I love cinema. They're just films, though. If films can entertain you, and you can kind of escape reality for a little bit. That's all I'm looking for. I think it works a little bit against it when people get too invested that they nitpick everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so with Star Wars, look, I, I respect and I understand, especially the hardcore fans who have, you know, really gone into the lore and mythology and the books and everything like that. I, I get it. I think this is its own creation. They're taking a new direction. The Last Jedi was fun. The whole Star Wars franchise is alive and well. I, I really feel it will. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's just going to keep growing from that. Don't you? Absolutely. Especially so, now that Disney owns it, they're just going to keep on pumping money into it. Yeah. As long as it'll keep on making money, they'll keep on making Star Wars, a Star Wars story movies. They'll keep on making different, maybe not even trilogies, but just different like, here's Disney about this planet. Here's this planet. You has know? a monopoly on everything. They just bought Fox. So now they own Deadpool. Now they own X-Men. It's insane. Anyway, look. So They're good at what they do. They are. They are. So look, uh, that was our special bonus Star Wars extravaganza. This is a long episode. Fuck. but uh, I, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, again, spoilers. So look, and you'll It doesn't this. help saying it at the end. I know, but you know, if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, watch it first and then listen to this. Again, should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I really love the listeners. Um, you know, I love all our fans. You guys are wonderful. I think this podcast is, you know, these episodes are something great to listen to on headphones or if you're at the gym or driving. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, it's, you know, helps your day and helps you smile. Um, you know, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Tony the Movie Guy. And uh, it was a little more heated than usual, but I still hope you had a good time.
but I will remind you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tony the Movie Guy, and you can always email us in at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com and you can email us with ideas comments suggestions whatever you'd like you know if you want us to have a guest on let us know we'll see if we can work it out i mean we live in la but uh you know everything's possible um also i'm gonna remind you especially if you like star wars and especially if you like this episode to leave a rating and review on our podcast on apple itunes it's extremely helpful and we really really appreciate it especially when we put so much fight into it as we did this episode i mean this is kind of ridiculous am i right am i right you liked it you listened to it comment on it you know review it it's fun anyway i'm getting a little ridiculous and maybe a little delirious out of my like talking about star wars high so um I'll leave you at that. We will see you next week. Next week is also Christmas. So Merry Christmas. You'll probably listen to the next episode after Christmas because we'll put it up on Christmas the day after. I don't know. I'm crazy. I have a calendar. So just keep a lookout for the next episode. Until then, happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Kwanzaa? I don't know what it is, but happy that too. All right. We'll see you later. Bye.